Acknowledge me. It's a new day. Yes, it is. I am Vaughn Johnson. Oh. The smile like you can kick your face off. Okay, well done. You got me mad now. You know, you got a bad tickle. Feeling good. All the thick skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. I love purple. Like, yes. <laughs> like, this guy's awesome. We ride the bad tickle to the with my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone. That's me. Are you humanoids? Get ready. I don't know what the kid is that was a ride but he ain't on it when he brought it to the ring. Piss up, man! Oh! And I have passed the flame to do But I don't like it when things aren't going my way. Yeah, I know my wrestling. He don't know nothing else. <laughs> you know that wrestling. Like, he know that wrestling, boy. <laughs> he was about to hop over the table. What? <laughs> you are empty, break your heart. Put up your foot. Boom. No sleep, no Shooters available wherever podcasts are found. My name is Vaughn Johnson, and I'm joined as always by my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick Bacone, Fox PHL, the gambler and Philly influencer. And we have yet another fantastic show ahead of us here on this year end episode of the Straight Shooters. We're rounding out the year 2022 on a high note. Another deep dive from 1996. It is the granddaddy of them all for WCW. It is Stockade Daddy. From 1996 in Nashville, Tennessee, we're gonna deep, we're gonna dive deep, all into it, all about it here as we wrap up the straight shooters for 2022. But before we get into it, Nick, gotta do my weekly check-in with you, baby. How you doing tonight on this winter Wednesday evening here in December, December 27th, 28th, 28th as we record this. Oh boy, oh boy, almost forgot the day again. It's been, uh, you know, a week. Uh, maybe the hardest week to get through because you just lose all sense of time between Christmas and New Year's. Um, at least I do. And I know a lot of people that do. But shout out to True TV. Last weekend, hanging with Mr. Cooper Marathon. I was just watching that all weekend, man. It got me back into it. I know it's available on streaming on HBO Max, but I was just watching it. A true TV, man, I forget how good that show was. It just made me laugh. Like, Mark Curry is just like hilarious in that show. So, um, you know, I was watching some other episodes that I didn't see on the marathon, like earlier today on HBO Max. I'm just like, what a what a forgotten show, man. This cracks me up. Puts me in a good mood when I watch that. Makes You're me right. laugh. I haven't watched Hanging with Mr. Cooper in I don't know how oh, long. Man. It's I did out. see that marathon on True TV on Christmas. Uh, I was like, they they air something else besides Impractical Jokers on, <laughs> on True TV? Yeah, they're going to air Step by Step this weekend. New My Year's God. Weekend, so. Did they just acquire the rights of these shows all of a sudden and start airing them in bulk? I, Do they need I programming? Don't think for good, I think. Uh, just like a programming, so it's something else, like you said, other than Impractical Jokers, but... Um, you know, I'll be watching the step by step marathon. It's wild. I think that channel used to be Court TV, where you literally just watch yeah, people in court and stuff was, like that. Yeah. 
Then it became True TV, which no, no one really knows what that even really meant. Right. And and, and now it's Impractical Jokers TV. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> and they get some NCAA tournament games come. Yeah. You know yeah. those that that time of the year in March, but. Uh yeah, I don't I don't get it. But hanging with Mr. Cooper, I, like I said, haven't watched that show in a long time, so don't have uh, vivid memories. But I, I remember liking it as a kid. I, you know, I haven't gone back to watch it, so I'm, I'm glad you did though. It's part of the you know best TGIF lineup I think you know there was. Oh, wow. I think it was Family Matters, then Boy Meets World. Yeah, the definitive TGIF lineup. The, T, the definitive TGIF lineup. Family and what, from what time period are we talking here? Uh, you know, ninety two, ninety three, I think is when. Okay. This was in the heyday, like 93 to 96, 97, perhaps. Ooh, that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a dynasty right there. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe some shows shifted around. I don't know. But my definitive TGIF lineup is Family Matters, Boy Meets World, Step by Step, Hang With Mr. Cooper. So Wow, they and, all played in succession on the same network. Yeah. They yeah. was killing the game, bro. They, were. they really <laughs> what? were. And it's With funny diversity, because, too. It was diverse. Uh, shows, you got two black shows in there too. Like, come on now. <laughs> but yeah, they bookended it. You know, I think if yeah. I think it was, you know, it was Family Matters was the first show. And Family Matters was the, was the was, was the king, the top show of those four. Right. Which I mean, one? was is it step by step hanging with Mr. Cooper? And what was the other one you said? Boy Meets World. Oh, Boy Meets World's probably the top one, I guess. Maybe either between them two. But you That's couldn't have one, you couldn't have any other of those three shows in the first slot that Family Matters was. So like. Family Matters was like the show to get you to stay. You know, like I don't yeah. know if any other show would have, you know, been able to get you to stay. Yeah. So I remember being pumped up like every Friday for that. And even when they had reruns, you know, I was into it. It's just crazy to think that TV has changed so much because a half hour <laughs> yeah, sitcom, really they would stack those up on top of each other. Like NBC would have their lineup too on Thursday, Laugh Out yeah. Loud Thursday or whatever it was. There's a two hour block of comedy. Whoa. And it's like, do networks still do that? I mean, I, I know they do, but like, I, I would assume people just don't care as much. Where you know, or networks, if they have like a couple bangers of shows, they don't put them on the same night. They'll try to probably maybe spread them out. Yeah. But back in the days, like Friday night, loaded up, <laughs> like everybody's watching, and it's just the strategy has changed dramatically in the last what would that be twenty thirty years? Um. So yeah, it's just interesting to see that, and yet the definitive lineup there for uh tgi fridays on abc yeah. back in the day hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah you know you have, some people was having blockbuster nights others was watching tgi fridays tgi friday or some people went to tgi fridays the restaurant something like that you know sat in the smoking section in the 90s tgi fridays back in the day interesting times back yeah. in the in the 90s. But we're going to go back to the 90s and dive deep into it in a second, just so y'all know. But let's wrap up the year for 2022. I mean, wrestling, this was a wild-ass year in wrestling. Uh, Vince McMahon is no longer in charge of the wrestling industry. That has to be by far the biggest story of the year. If you're going to recap, yeah. like, yeah, what happened? Vince McMahon not being in total control of WWE anymore in any capacity is wild. Outside of he owns stock, right? I think he owns the majority of the stock still. But he's not making day-to-day creative decisions anymore. So, I mean, there's nothing really bigger than that as far as 
just entertainment, the, the the industry as a whole, not just wrestling, just like television and entertainment. Like Vince McMahon's always been a fixture for the last forty some odd years, and now he's not. And it's his own fault, obviously, for what he did. Uh, but that was crazy. All damn near just as crazy. Yeah, that was wild. And to see the to see the the, the drastic change almost right away in WWE's programming, where as far yeah. as like the roster, like <laughs> they brought people back in mass, yeah. still bringing people back. Uh, that Vince McMahon unceremoniously fired uh, during the pandemic, which let should now for for now forever be let it be known that those were Vince McMahon decisions, even though people would dispute. Oh, it's Nick Khan or da 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 da. No, Vince right. McMahon has final say over everything, so nothing gets by him. Like if he doesn't want it to happen, it won't happen. And now we see these are clearly Vince McMahon decisions because all those guys are being brought back. But then they're just as crazy. And what you know, Vince McMahon was covered on a wide scale, mainstream media wise, and Variety and various other outlets across the you know the country. Uh, but the biggest. I would say the messiest story of the year, even though Vince's story is pretty messy too with his hush money stuff, but just messy as far as like just just wrestling inside wrestling, it has to be the CM Punk versus the Elite situation that happened at All Out this year. Has to be, yeah. Like by far the as far as wrestling, not talking about again a sex scandal with Vince McMahon. And stuff like that just that, within like, wrestling wrestling like when you're we're you're you're talking about the wrestling bubble that we're in yeah <laughs> very much within that bubble because i don't yeah. know if uh that whole alter, this whole altercation was covered by a lot of mainstream outlets like variety or something like that but man did it go far within the community obviously because it was massive you had the biggest star of one company pretty much fighting for his life against three guys who wanted to beat him up after he said some terrible things about them. Mm-hmm. And I would, I honestly don't blame him for wanting to whoop his ass after what he said. <laughs> he said some wild stuff right next to the boss. So that was a big it mess. He didn't say a word. So that did not say That whole a word. thing was just like doomed from the start. Right That's after terrible. CM Punk won the title from like that moment. <laughs> Pretty like much. Doomed from the start. Pretty much. And I don't think AEW. I think I still think AEW came out on the uh, losing end of that whole thing. Uh, I I think they took them a while to rebound from that creatively. I think they're just starting to t- kind of turn some things around, but they still got a lot of issues. I think with the creative that uh, people are starting to point out more now than they did a year or two ago. So as much as 2022 was a big cluster of a year. Or AEW as far as behind the scenes and uh, politics and all this different wild stuff. And can't forget MJF just doing his thing, demanding more money. Can't forget that. That was a big thing in the summertime, at least, before yeah. the whole all-out nonsense happened. But 2023 is going to be interesting for AEW, I'll tell you that. And, I mean, obviously for wrestling as a whole. But I think from WWE standpoint, you gotta, you're going to see a full year of Triple H's booking. There's no going to be no excuses. We're going to hold him. To, I would assume people are going to hold him to the fire like they would uh, Vince McMahon now in 2023, especially going into WrestleMania. And then you got AEW. What do you do now? How do you bounce back 
from this CM Punk nonsense? Or does he come back or whatever? Or what do you do with people who want to go back to WWE? That's, you know, Miro apparently is one of those people who's got his eyes set on going back someday. How do you handle that? So, uh, as much as 2022 is a wild year. You know, they said, okay, Regal, you can go back, but you're not out on TV for a year, apparently. Like, (laughs) yeah. Like, whatever. Like, yeah, it's it's but it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that. You know, to me, letting them all let some of those people go back to WWE isn't the worst thing in the world because you got a, too many people on the roster as it is. You can obviously you're not going to lose everybody to WWE, so the people that you do keep, build around them, and feature some new people. Yeah, it should be uh, interesting across the board. Uh. In 2023 and then of course 2024 that's apparently when mjf's contract is up so 2023 depending on when his contract is up could be the uh you know i see in the nba when guys are like uh pending free agents or right. like they're coming up like maybe a year out and the yeah. whole season prior to talk about you you know you're traded do you want to you stay here but blah, blah blah and the whole thing maybe we see something like that with mjf in 2023 but time will tell on that but you were talking about the 90s earlier. We were talking about the 90s earlier. Are you ready to go back in time to December of 1996 for Start Kid? You ready? Yeah, hell yeah. Let's do it. Two of wrestling's biggest icons lock up in this all-important reunion. Hollywood Hulk Hogan. You got a real big problem, my friend. Versus Rowdy Roddy Piper. I'm the only guy you have never been able to beat. As they say under the big top, it's showtime! Hogan leads the NWO. We are going to build a dynasty. Piper walks alone. I am not with the WCW. I am not with the NWO. I'm Roddy Piper. Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Piper, I'm gonna break you and half versus Rowdy Roddy Piper. No surrender, no retreat. At Starcade, the granddaddy of them all. Yeah. All right, Starcade. That was okay. 1996. That was an okay intro, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. It was just straightforward. Yeah. It's like, here's what's going to happen here tonight at Starcade. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but Starcade took place December 29th, 1996. and emanated from the Nashville Municipal Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. The attendance on this night, according to good old Wikipedia, was 9,030. On the news. Not 90-29 not or 90-31. 90-30 in the building uh, on this night in 1996. The tagline for this show... <laughs> Not your typical warm, fuzzy holiday special. Ooh. Oh, my God. How about that? And the line, the tagline itself was also featured on the top of the poster for this event, which beneath it was a photo of Lex Luger putting Bobby Walker in the torture rack, which just felt racist to me. I don't know why. Bobby know why. Walker on a WCW pay-per-view yeah, poster. The, How about that? The one time the black man is on the poster, he's in the torture rack. What's yeah. up? With, what's up with that? Hmm? What's up with that? World Championship Wrestling? Looks more like White Championship Wrestling. I'm joking. <laughs> oh, ain't wrong. <laughs> I, just, 
start a whole fuck. It was a whole uh, campaign over a poster from 1996 with Bobby Walker. It's funny because the one I just put on my notes is the, I guess the VHS cover of a uh, Hogan and Piper just stared at each other. So I did not mm. see the uh, one that you are referencing. <laughs> yeah, not great, mm. but. Whatever the one with Hogan and Piper, it probably I mean, would have been Hogan better. You get Hogan and Piper, but Luger or something. That, that's just yeah. Hilarious. I was gonna say Hogan and Piper probably would have been better, but no. Yeah, they knew it was happening in October. Or what they didn't have enough time. Like they had to get the Starcade poster out in August. Like what are we doing? Maybe, here? maybe I don't. Here? I don't know the timelines for that. Especially, I mean, that nowadays pay per view is like an how slow an outdated thing. Yeah. And cable systems and all that. I don't know. Right, yeah. I don't know how they handled that. I mean, things probably took longer to happen back in the day. So we need this advertising four months out because we need to physically mail this to somebody. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we need to fax this over. So, but this is the first arcade to feature the New World Order. Of course, they started in June of 1996. It would have made sense in my opinion, to kind of create a tonal shift of sorts with the NWO at Starcade, maybe you don't dissolve the group, obviously, because they're making a ton of cash, but maybe shift the storyline a little bit. That is not what happened on this show, but it is the first, again, to have the NWO, the New World Order, which is still kind of looked at as the renegade promotion within WCW. So it's a big deal to have them at Starcade, I guess. The, the biggest show in WCW. Uh, but again, maybe a tonal shift in the story. Nope, Hogan's title is not even on the line in the main event of the so-called biggest show of the year. WCW is doing a lot of good things in 1996. I still don't understand these Starcade decisions. I don't even remember the TV leading up saying specifically that the title wasn't on the line. Probably um, on purpose. Right, and but they also never mentioned it, so they were probably like, maybe some people will get the hint. But me, I'm 11 years old, you know, like I'm not going to, I'm just going to assume every, like a, Hogan brought the title to the ring anyway, like I'm going to assume it's for the title, no, unless you specifically tell me this is non-title, and that never happened. So a lot was, of people were confused after that main event. Right, and me. because... Because I was going to, ask, I was about to ask you, did they ever say why this was not a non-title? This was a non-title match, or has anybody ever explained? I don't remember uh, hearing uh, something from Bischoff or anything saying this is why we did it this way. It I, I don't remember um, storyline-wise. Piper always mentioned he wasn't part of WCW, so I'm like maybe that's part of the reason why they they were like, well, people know he's not part of WCW, so he wouldn't get a WCW title match. Um, which still doesn't make sense to me in the grand scheme no. of wrestling in 1996. But, um, yeah, it just, it, I don't remember hearing anything after the fact, any 83 weeks where Bischoff mentioned why they did that. or, or um, the, I know Hogan and Piper, like, sells itself kind of on Starcade, so sure, he didn't need the title on the line, but to not outright say that just means that you were hoping people thought it was for the title. Like, Otherwise, you would have just said it was non-title. Like you were hoping, because you knew Piper was going to win, you were hoping that people would think, you know, he won the title where he could just say, oh, we never said it was for the title. So, because even Dusty after the match mentioned that, and here's the WCW champion, or is he not? 
I don't know. <laughs> like that's it exactly what he said out of Dusty Rhodes' mouth. It was like part of the booking. At, at least I think he was part of the booking at the time. So, um, yeah, a lot of confusion. Two Starcades in a row, '96 and '97. Ultra confusion at the end. Not great. Yeah, it just doesn't. It's the biggest show of the year with your two biggest names. The biggest. It was bigger than anything WWF was doing at the time too. That's you know, also had Sid and Shawn true. Michaels and Bret Hart at the top. Like Bret was probably the uh, biggest this, out of all of them. If you H- Piper and Hogan at the end of 1996 was bigger than anything WWF was doing. Yeah, yep. And that's not like an exaggeration. Like you said, Michaels and Sid. I mean, Austin they wasn't gonna, there yet. Uh, you know, Bret. They was weren't Brett, doing Bret versus Shawn. They never got right. back to that. <laughs> right. Well, they did, I guess, and you know, just that was the well, last time they later. got back to it. <laughs> it was, that was it. But yeah, it, it just puzzles me why you wouldn't put the title on the line. Obviously, I, I'm assuming that they, you know, obviously you don't want Hogan to lose it, but like, there has to be something. He has to lose it maybe for a night, right? <laughs> like, yeah, because he didn't but, lose it. I mean, you did this. You did the thing with Lex Luger in the summer '97 where he. You know, he lost right. it and won it back five days. I mean, you could just do the same thing. I mean, he could. And, and maybe in their mind, they're like, we're going to do the rematch at Super Brawl. Then we'll put the title on the line there. So, like, I get that. But Starcade, dude. Like, <laughs> just in the height. Not, maybe not the height, but, like, you have this NWO renegade group that's, like, literally the hottest thing in wrestling. And to just not have – like, why even carry the belt to the ring then? I or just why not come out and say, have a line, Piper saying, I don't even care about the title. Let's go one-on-one. I don't necessarily think that might cause pay-per-view buys, but it's possible, you know, in 1996, maybe if people are like, oh, we know it's not for the title. We're not going to order it. Right, maybe, that's what I'm thinking. But not, I don't think enough to, you know, make it make sense to not, not make the people that buy the pay-per-view not feel ripped off. Because I watched this live, by the way. Oh, okay. And I felt ripped off a little bit. <laughs> okay, so let's go back to that point then in your life. Number one, where were you in life in December of 1996? And also, yeah, talk to me about watching the show live as it happened. So I think this is one of the shows where I <laughs> accidentally, you know, or I don't know, I didn't order it because oh, you had boy. to call the cable company and say it. So it was just on my TV, you know, like on. <laughs> wait, like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> We got to stop for a second because you just mentioned how hard it was to order a pay-per-view back in the day. It wasn't just hitting the button, right? right. This wasn't this 1996. Correct. Correct. So by like the maybe the mid 2000s you could just hit a button and order a pay-per-view. Maybe even early 2000s. But 96 that that don't feel like that was possible just yet. No. So you had to call the cable company and be like, I want to mm-hmm. order this. Here's my name, number, and my account number or whatever. And mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, we'll bill you the next month. Or if you were past two, they'd be like, hell no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's also true. Yeah. I don't people look like, what? <laughs> I owe them money so they won't they'll deny me service? Yeah, bro. If you owe the cable company money, they'd be like, you're not allowed to order this pay-per-view. You right. got to pay us first. Or you're yeah. going to pay us more. You owe us more on your bill now. Yeah. So this is on top of it. But so... With that said, how do you accidentally watch this show, Nick? <laughs> uh, you know, 
Did you call up the cable company? I did not, hey, I didn't uh, pick up the phone. I don't even know the you, number. Did you have the talk boy like Home Alone? <laughs> this is Mister Picone. I wish to watch Star Kid nineteen ninety six. My credit card <laughs> number <laughs> is. You got it. <laughs> that was you. Not necessarily. Not. Necessarily. It sounds like it. I um, you know, it, it's possible my mom ordered it as a surprise. Um, okay. But she she didn't lean on to that because, again, like Super Bowl ninety seven, we did a deep dive on that, and I, you know, it was on my parents' TV on the pay per view channel, and I'm just like, I didn't order it though, so I, I you know, told them about it. Um, I don't necessarily know if it showed up on the cable bill, but you know, they probably thought I was lying. They're like, yeah, right. He called up and ordered it or whatever. I was like, I don't even know how to do that. I don't even know the number. I don't even know how to get the number of the cable company. I don't even know who our cable company is. So <laughs> you was eleven years old, like you said. <laughs> yeah, you knew like, what you was doing. Like I had no idea. So and I don't believe I, you. I was afraid of the wrath of my parents as well. Like, why would I no. want to thing, incur their wrath just for a pay-per-view? Like, it wasn't worth it to nah, me. No, that would that would be worth it to, to eh, love you Not to Nick Pacone, no. Not to Nick Pacone in 1999. Maybe not to, to mid-30s Nick, but to 11-year-old Nick, it was. You had <laughs> nah, to see Piper and Hogan. I was not a bad kid. Not a bad kid. I did not <laughs> want to cost my parents more money than, you know, I needed to. <laughs> Accidentally and, uh, hired. It was right around Christmas, too. So it's possible it's that was part present. of my gift. Um, I got a Nintendo 64, by the way, that year Ooh. for Christmas as well. Oh, so man. That was cool. We were, I was playing, like, I, th- I think WCW NWO World Tour was out by then. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I played that a lot. Um, man, you had a good Christmas. Yeah, it was very good. It was very good. <laughs> you had and a I great was, Christmas. We used to do the home movies, right? So we would always take home movies through the years of us opening our gifts and everything. And uh, I remember in 96, so I was 11 now. And I was like, I got to be cool for the home movies. I can't be like this little nerd. Oh, my God. You know, like 1993 was like the nerdiest year I ever oh, was. On you like, were also eight. That's <laughs> true, seven. exactly. So, so it's like, fine. on the home movies, I was like, oh, my God, like I'm, I'm so stupid. But, uh, you know, as I get older, I appreciate it. And I was like, I was a kid. You know, like it's cute, whatever. I'm, I'm like happy. Little things make me happy, you know. I got free willy. VHS with the whale pendant I put around oh, my wow. neck. You know, like I was like, yes, this kicks ass, you know. But I didn't say that, obviously, on the home video. But um, yeah, yeah. 1996, I had to be cool, you know. So I opened up the N64. I was like, wow, this is awesome. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I wow, like, so, I would have lost my mind. <laughs> not, you know, like, <laughs> you see that commercial where, like, the little boy and, and his sister are like screaming yeah. when they. I got up a the, bike. <laughs> <laughs> well, not even that. Not even the Liberty Mutual one where um, they open up, I think it's a console, and they both are just screaming. Like the boy oh, starts screaming, the sister starts screaming. They're just like staring at the box, like, ah! Like that was what I felt inside, but I was like, for the camera, uh-huh. I got to play it cool, man. Your parents probably cool. like, what the hell? <laughs> he, don't, he don't want it. He wants to take it back. Because <laughs> exactly. I'll take it back. That cost me like 300 That ran me about $300. At least, at least, probably yeah, more. So that. Like, that was a lot of money point. back in '96. Like, we'll really take was. it back. It really was. Like, and it was funny this. because at the time I wanted the PlayStation. So mm-hmm. then they got me the N64. So I'm like, to me, the N64 was like top, and the PlayStation was like just below. So like in my mind, I never wanted the top one because I felt like it couldn't get better. So I always wanted the little, like the one right below it. So the PlayStation to me was like the one right below it, and. uh so that's what I thought I was getting. 
and I got the N64, and it wasn't, I wasn't, like, upset about it. I was just like, oh, so, like, I have nowhere to go. Like, I can't go up from here. Oh, my God. I have nowhere to go but down, so. I have the best. There's <laughs> yeah. nowhere to go from here. Exactly. I'm at the top of Whoa, the mountain. Whoa, it was me. So, yeah, that was me in 1996, Christmas time. I, I just, I, I don't remember ever a- asking them to order a Starcade 96 because I was watching it in my parents' room. I didn't tape it. So I feel like if I wanted it and they ordered it for me, I would have taped it. I taped Starcade 97 because that was, a, you know, something I bought with my own money from Christmas. Oh, like, big baller at 12 years old. <laughs> uh, my aunt gave me 50 bucks. So I was oh. like, Starcade, there you go. And went straight to Starcade. <laughs> Save. Starcade is was that? I got to watch Starcade. <laughs> so 96, I didn't have that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how it came on my parents' TV. But I was in my mom, like my parents' bedroom, watching it uh, the whole night, and uh, no tape, no VHS, nothing, just watching it. Because I honestly, I was like, why would I tape this? Like Hogan's just gonna win. <laughs> like NWO is gonna pull their chicanery, and it's gonna pretty you know, close. It wasn't that yeah, far off. It, it almost happened. So I wasn't like interested in any of the undercard at all. <laughs> like it was just Hogan Piper I was interested in. So well, and of course Piper won, and I'm like, ah, damn, should have taped it. It's funny you mentioned the undercard because the undercard on the show was I thought was damn good and yep. the main event Absolutely. what let the show down, in my opinion. Uh, but again, <laughs> back to Christmas time and in, in the Pecone household. Um, I hate I I love watching people get pranked, but I hate when people prank their kids on like Christmas and like right. oh we got a PS five and there's nothing in it uh, like books something like that and them kids be like what like you better get that kid a real system after that when the camera like, goes yeah. off. Yeah, it's got to be, Don't let right? that kid just be let down like that. Like, I would hate... Man, if I was a kid, I would have hated that. Like, I oh, yeah. I got this PS5 and it's nothing. Like, what? I'm yeah, just actually, depressed wait, through Christmas so, now. 96. This also might have been the year I got the TV. Um, Ooh, a color TV? Yeah, so... Wow. I don't know if it was the same year. Might have gotten two different years. Um, Might have been the next year. I don't know. But yeah, man. I got a... Like a TV with a built-in VCR, oh with the my antenna, god! Like no cable yet, but oh, the TV just, VCR combo clutch yeah. in nineteen nineties, whatever so 90, would, mid nineties, whatever. Yeah, watch my wrestling tapes. So I can watch them in my room now. Yay! Exactly. <laughs> get into your mom like get that nonsense out the living room. <laughs> All these stupid tapes. What the hell is a Raw? Is War? Get, I don't want to see War in my living room. In your house, it ain't my house. <laughs> get it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but back to the NWO, back to the main event, and a point that I was alluding to earlier in that there was no tonal shift in this story at Starcade. Starcade, for the most part, as far as at least as far as the main event, felt rather inconsequential, which is I think is a mistake. Even if the title doesn't change hands, or Hogan still loses, whatever, whatever the outcome, there has to be some type of tonal shift and i understand that they tried to do that after the match we'll talk about it with the giant mm-hmm. i guess that was the tonal shift but it really that was after everything people and were just hanging cared, out like really. what's going on here <laughs> and that's when they decided to try to throw a little wrinkle in there but to me a prime example of this being well done would be war games this year at survivor series where of course the bloodline won again but the shift comes and Sami Zayn is now fully accepted as a member of the bloodline. He earned his stripes. And at the very least, we got a new 
chapter in the story. And I don't think that was accomplished at Starcade in nineteen ninety six. I guess if you want to count the giant stuff after the match, and I, I guess you're right there. But between Piper and Hogan, nothing. We got nowhere. And, and really, the whole thing with the giant was just to set up the pay per view main event the next month. Because after that, the giant just kind of was like, eh, there. You know, like he was against the NWO, but he was tagging with Lex Luger. He was doing like all these handicap matches. He wasn't, you know, a prominent part of TV after that so it accomplished the main event for sold out the next month but that was it <laughs> yay which obviously didn't do well <laughs> did it, did, did it didn't do, do sold well. out after that right was 97 the only one uh they they 98 was the one where they did started doing the wcw nwo so that the 98 one was better 99 not too great uh, I think 2000 was yeah. lame, too. Yeah. So, As was the case with 2000 <laughs> WCW. But now we move on to the show itself, with, which begins with a big fireworks display. And we got Tony Schiavone, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and the American Dream Dusty Rhodes on the call. And they're hyping up what they call the match of the decade. The main event, Hulk Hogan versus Roddy Piper. Dusty, he, he upped the ante. He was like, match of the decade. This match of the century. <laughs> I don't think he's supposed to say that, but that's what he said. Right? Well, century's almost over. So That's true. But, you know, there's been other matches that century, in the 20th century. <laughs> true. Heenan talks about Hogan saying, you know, he couldn't beat Piper. He's never beaten Piper. Piper really hadn't been beaten by Hogan. He's the only person that Hogan really hadn't beaten yet. I guess Warrior would be in that category too. Mm. So they're talking about the match of the decade and and, the, and possibly the century. Even though this happened multiple times in the past, but this one is particularly special, all right? This one. But we move on to the opening match, which is a big match. You talk about in, inconsequential, that's the main event. Not the opening match. The opening match was far more consequential. <laughs> We got the J crown being defended on the WCW pay-per-view and it's going to be unified with the WCW world cruiserweight championship. Yes. The WCW cruiserweight titles being unified into the J crown, making it go from eight titles to nine. So who has the eight titles? That is Ultimo dragon. Of course, who else you've seen the pictures of Ultimo dragon dripping with the gold on, on both arms and around his waist. We've neck. all seen that. We know it was him. <laughs> but he's going after one more title, which all the whites call the most prestigious title, the WCW Cruiserweight Championship, which is held by Dean Malenko, which is just, it, it made me kind of laugh. And it's like, yeah, all those other titles are cool, but that one title that right. <laughs> that we got, that's right. our most prestigious. <laughs> yeah. The that's other ones don't mean anything. old, I think. Right. But ours is the most prestigious. I'm like, okay. All right. Cruiserweight title didn't exist, Arcade 95, but all of a sudden it's, you know, more Somehow, than all the other titles Ultimo Dragon has. Just by existing, it is the most prestigious title <laughs> in the world. Uh, we've talked about uh, the J-Crown in the past. Uh, I've actually written about it. I found my throwback Thursday on this uh, yeah. topic. Yeah, I meant to send that to you. I was wondering if you were going to uh, bring it up. I did. I found it. I found yeah. it, but... 
Uh, the J Crown was consisting of eight and sometimes nine championships. The British Commonwealth Junior Heavyweight Championship, the Mishinoku Pro uh, slash New Japan Pro Wrestling Championship, Junior Heavyweight Championship, or it's called the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, or Junior Heavyweight Championship, I should say. The NWA World Junior Weight Heavy Junior Heavyweight Championship, the NWA World Welterweight Championship, which is a CMLL title, the UWA World Junior Light Heavyweight Championship, Universal Wrestling Association, the WAR International Junior Heavyweight Championship, of course, it's Wrestle Association R, and the WWA World Junior Light Heavyweight Championship, uh, that's, of course, World Wrestling Association, and the WWE Light Heavyweight Championship, WWF Light Heavyweight Championship. You're like, what the hell? How did I get in there? <laughs> right. Well, according to my story from 2017, because I did research on this back in the day, 2017, uh, that title was originally created in 1981 by when Pero Aguirre won it at a untelevised event. That title eventually went from WWF to the UWA, but the lineage remained intact somehow. And that's how it's in this title lineage here with the J-Crown. WWF, of course, rechristened a new light heavyweight title in 1997, completely ignoring all the lineage <laughs> prior to it. And, of course, you know, WWE tends to do that sometimes. They just created a new cruiserweight title in 2016. Who cares about that cruiserweight title we talked about in 2002, 3, and 4 or whatever, you know? Who cares about that? So, yeah, the J-Crown. Big deal back in the day. Um, and now here we are expanding it from eight to nine on this show. I mentioned last week when he had a cruiserweight match, or I believe it was a, uh, one of the world cup matches, I should say. And like, man, Mike Tanay would have been great on this call because he knows all these guys on just on that entire show. He knows everyone. He knows the lineage. He knows their history. He knows all the moves and guess who was on the first match. Starcade 1996. Our boy, the professor, Iron Mike Tanay, joins the announced team for the match. Always good to hear Iron Mike Tanay. Don't you agree? I agree. It's funny because Dusty Rhodes uh, made it a point to call him astute quite a few times. <laughs> Especially <laughs> during this match. He's saying it like he had just learned it like, yeah. like, like yep. a couple days prior or something like that. <laughs> I'm going to use that on TV. Or he's just like asking Mike, <laughs> what, what are some things you want me to call you? And Mike write, like write the, wrote down a list of words. So he just, he picked astute. It's like, I'm going to call you astute. Yeah. And then he goes into saying that D. Malenko should try to uncle Ultimate Dragon. <laughs> Gotta uncle him. Gotta uncle him. Get him to the ground, see? Or uncle him. And, you know, when you listen enough, you know what Dusty Rhodes is talking about. Dusty's saying here... And to uncle someone is to make them submit, see, mm. and make them say uncle. That's what people used to do back in the day yeah. when they gave up. Uncle, say uncle. Eleven-year-old Nick was probably like, "What the hell?" Plus, right. I didn't really talk. I didn't really listen to commentary that much, so I don't remember him, you know, much on this night. But watching it back for this podcast, I was like, "Man, Dusty." A lot. I just love that word. Uncle. Uncle. That's a weird saying back in the day. He used it a few times in Starcade 95, I believe. So. I'm sure he did. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I heard that. I remember that him saying that uh, as well. But what's up with the sayings back in the day? Yeah, Old people, man. like, 
Say uncle. Why? <laughs> we gotta explain that. And we probably got some sayings in our generation that don't make any sense, but we gotta address the older ones first. Right, right. That's what we're talking about. Because <laughs> yeah, we we probably upgrade to some of the sayings from them. <laughs> Say uncle. What do you mean? <laughs> uncle him. That's what Dusty Rose is talking about here. Um and then he said that the most prestigious title in the match was the WCW <laughs> Cruiser Heavyweight title. Uh, That's really funny. Cruiser <laughs> heavyweight title. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, look, he wasn't that far off because they had talked about Dimalenko competing with heavyweights not too long before this. Whereas Ultimo Dragon kind of stayed with the cruiserweight ranks. Uh, but another, another dusty moment during this match uh, was he, <laughs> Tony Schiavone said, hey, he's got a kind of a half crab going there. I guess I think it was Malenko on... Putting a half crab onto Ultimo Dragon. It might have been the other way around, but either way, that what was happening. And Dusty was like, "What? What? What are you talking about? A half a crab? That's a whole half crab. That's not a kind of a half a crab. That's a whole half crab." I was like, "What?" Then <laughs> a lot, whole lot of crab talk follows. Uh, about, you know, cooking crabs and all this other stuff, but a whole half crab is what Dusty said again. Love Dusty Rhodes on commentary. Whole half crab. And he got mad about it. <laughs> like, he was upset about it. Uh, Malenko at one point hits a tombstone and the fans go crazy. Man, that, was, that was probably the loudest they were for that match at that point. They went nuts. Yeah. Uh, Ultimate Dragon kicked out of the pin attempt. Uh, Malenko followed that up with a tiger bomb. Dragon kicked out of that as well. Batista bomb, right? Somebody did like a sit out, like a no, it was Liger who did like a uh, like a last ride, sit out, last ride, power bomb yeah, type of thing. It was nuts. Not in this match, but we'll talk <laughs> about that in a little bit. Uh, Malenko tried to lock in the clover leaf. He did lock it in the Texas clover leaf. He had a whole Texas cl- clover leaf in. <laughs> um, but Sonny Ono, who was with uh, Ultimo Dragon, he distracted Malenko, causing him to break the hole. Didn't have to, but he just oh, ran stupid, at Sonny Ono. Stupid Malenko, stupid move. <laughs> makes no sense to makes zero sense. Break the hold when someone's on the apron. Just makes zero sense. Dragon and Malenko exchange a bunch of counters, but Ultimate Dragon got the last laugh because he countered Malenko's counter for a pin attempt, got the pin, and won the cruiserweight title, adding a ninth title mm-hmm. to the J Crown. And now he's dripping with more gold. He's, he looks like Junebug from I'm gonna get you sucker. Now <laughs> he was over gold. How you go to the bathroom with all that stuff on? I know we talked about I'm going to get you sucked in the past. Yeah, we did. I'm assuming you still haven't watched this movie. I still have not. Good Lord. Is it streaming? Probably. Yeah. I mean, okay. you can look. I, mean, look seem like, I feel like everything's streaming nowadays. Yeah, pretty much. On some platform, either you, either you have it already, you can watch it on the streaming platforms you already have, or you can pay for a new one. <laughs> <laughs> And get that one, but it's probably somewhere. But did you have any other thoughts on our opening contest here between Dean Malenko and Ultimo Dragon? Well, apparently Dusty believes in kayfabe. And among the Dragon's list of accomplishments in wrestling would have to include the many high-risk moves that he has popularized internationally, the most well-known of which, the Acai Moonsault, is a move that, that bears his own real name. Dragon Moonsault. 
or Acai Moonsault, <laughs> which is moonsault. actually yeah, his last well, I, name. Dragon and Acai is the same thing, and he can do it, but this is a no fashion, a dominal stretch that we got on right here, Iron Mike. <laughs> Dusty won't let Kayfabe die. I just love the fact that he couldn't, uh, you know, wanted to make sure that we knew. Uh, no, Dragon's his last name. Darn it. Just Dragon by the way, out. during this during this match, like today, explained that they Americanized Ultimate Dragon's name. It's really Ultimo Dragon. And we did deep dives into 97 where they were still calling him Ultimate Dragon. Like, Man, they just ignored crazy. that. It's crazy. They just ignored it. I'm uh, calling him the Ultimate Dragon. Poor Ultimo Dragon. <laughs> yeah, man. Could have. Then, then he goes to WWE and slips on stage at WrestleMania, and it's like, damn. Nah, my He's low-key one of my favorite parts of WCW in this era. I didn't appreciate him back then as a kid, but man, watching a lot of his stuff back, it's so entertaining to watch him wrestle in WCW because it was just so different than what we were used to. And, uh, you know, it, it, in the vein of like the cruiserweights or whatever, like he was even different than a lot of the cruiserweights. Like it was, it was just Ultimo Dragon was almost like appointment TV because he did like crazy moves and stuff like that. So I was all like always enjoying his matches back then, but just not realizing why. <laughs> right, right. And this show, you know, as a whole, you talk about Starcade. We're going to talk about the main event and Piper and Hogan, and they're obviously the two biggest stars in the show. But. This also had probably four of the best cruiser or junior heavyweights, whatever you want to call them, in the world at the time on this show, right? And you're talking about Ultimo Dragon, Malenko, who is not, uh, he's not a high flyer at all, but he, you know he fits in the weight class, according to the at least the Americans. We, we look at you know guys who are under 225 as cruiserweights, and in the other match we're going to talk about in a little bit. Jushin Liger and Rey Mysterio. And we talked about Jushin Liger last week in great detail. Uh, didn't realize he had a brain tumor removed a couple months prior to this match. That's crazy. But, again, all four of those guys at this point were probably the among the best in the world. You're not going to find, I don't think, four better at this point than those four. Yeah. And they're in matches on this show. In the undercard, in the undercard, of course, but on this show, and that's why I think that the undercard was very, very good. <laughs> and the main event just let you wonder what the hell happened. What's going on? Oh, they're shooting on fireworks now. Okay, something happened. Yeah. I assume. I don't know. Okay. All right, but moving on, it is time for another title match. But that first one wasn't a title match, right? No, it was. It was for like nine belts. What am I talking about? <laughs> Not only was it a title match, it was for nine of them. Only one is on the line in this one, though. Ah. <laughs> it is for the WCW Women's Championship. What? Yeah. WCW had a women's title the in inaugural. 1996? Inaugural. Very first Somehow. WCW Women's title a year after Alundra Blaze defected <laughs> and threw the WWF Women's <laughs> title in the trash on Nitro. She waited a whole damn year to get here. And, and didn't, even <laughs> didn't even win. Didn't even win. She threw that belt in the trash and put her professional reputation a on the line. A year prior. What were they doing the last 12 months? And they didn't even give her the belt. <laughs> 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 oh, 
what? Unbelievable. I got an idea. How about you give Medusa the belt after she stole? <laughs> she took the other one and threw it in the trash for y'all. But here's the thing about this, all right? So we got a WCW women's title match. It is Medusa against Akira Hokuto. Hokuto. And they were they're in the finals of an eight-woman tournament, okay, to determine this champion, okay? This title doesn't make it through to the 21st century in WCW, <laughs> okay? <sighs> we're going to talk I'm about shocked. it. I'm shocked. We're going to talk about it. But again, Hikotu. In, the, in this match. Married to after, Kensuke Sasaki, by the way. Yes, who was at rings, who came out to the ring with her yeah. and was at ringside during the match. Of course, Sasaki was in not the main event of Starcade 1995, but he was in the seventh match of the, wrestling, of the World Cup of Wrestling against Sting. So he cost New Japan the World <laughs> Cup of Wrestling. My God. How was he allowed back into the country after Unbelievable. that? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Right? But Akira Hukotu was a legend in her own right. Okay. Uh, she is in. She was inducted into the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame in two thousand. Wow. Which again, you know, you know, you know, you don't have to love the Wrestling Observer and the Hall of Fame or whatever. But at least there's a voting system on that one. <laughs> at least there's a ballot that's sent out to people. I'll give it credit for that. So it means something. Okay. At least compared to the figment of Miss McMahon's imagination that is the WWE Hall of Fame in some respects. But she had a series of wild injuries before this point. She once broke her neck taking a tombstone from the top rope in Jeez. 1987. Top rope. 1987. Who does that? People in Japan was doing it, bro. <laughs> she the tore top a knee rope? From the top rope. And, and then she broke her neck, obviously. Uh, then she tore a knee open on a guardrail in 1990. Mm. But that didn't stop her from winning titles in All Japan, CMLL, and of course on this day, World Championship Wrestling. But she was one of the five women that came out of Gaia Japan promotion in this tournament. Now you're wondering, okay, there's five, there's an eight-person tournament, so where did the other three come from? Well, two of them from WCW, including Medusa. The other one was also Hikotu, under a mask, as Raina Jabuki. Uh, Medusa beat her. Right, in the first round. How about that? So they met in the first round and the final somehow. Hmm. But this promotion, this Gaia Japan promotion, was a big deal in Japan for a little while. It started in 1995, and Hokotu was one of like the big free agent acquisitions for that promotion. And you probably wonder, what is Gaia Japan? What does that mean? Well, the promotion was named after the Greek goddess of the same name, Gaia. 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 I think I'm saying it right. If I'm saying it wrong, please... Please correct me, and also forgive me for, for saying it wrong. Uh, but the Greek goddess was like Mother Earth. It's a, the goddess of Earth. So, you know, the personification of Earth. The Earth, the mother of everything. Okay? So that's what they named the promotion after. Fortunately, the promotion closes doors in 2005. Uh, and But they tried to do a comeback show in April of 2020. But we know what happened in April of 2020. Mm. Bad time. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh but this match itself, very good. I enjoyed it. I did not enjoy uh Dusty's calling uh Akira's hair nappy. Yeah. 
yeah, that was out of nowhere too. It's kind of like right. what? Like why? Not like, a big why? fan of that. It's weird to say that. Never, never like hearing white people just throw around the no. word nappy. No. Um, Reminds me of I guess. Did not like that. Uh, one thing, another thing about Hokotu I should mention too. We talked about she's married to uh, Kensei Sasaki. Uh, as I mentioned during this match, it was like a major celebrity wedding. Mm-hmm. Like it, that was broadcast on television, at least according to Lee Marshall. Um, right, he was on commentary randomly. Right for this <laughs> match. Right, they brought in Mike Tanay for the first match, and Lee Marshall's on for the second match. Stagger Lee. Stagger Lee Marshall, baby. Okay. Um, and he, of course, Sasaki was in uh, his wife's corner throughout the match. But the match itself, again, I thought was very, I thought it was very good. And I thought it was a good way to kind of get this division going, you know, hard hitting, mm-hmm. good affair. Mm-hmm. Akira Hokotu wins. She is the new WCW Women's Champion. And what did they do? And by they, I mean WCW, do with this title to follow up on the momentum that they could mm. may have captured on this night. Nothing. Not <laughs> Nothing. I think the title only had like two champions before oh, it was retired in 1998. Whew. They pretty much have stopped defending it in 97. Oh, yeah, because if they retired it in 98, I don't even remember it being. The only thing I remember Medusa doing was like the Great American Bash we did a deep dive on where like she had to retire if she lost. Like I don't remember any women's title or what women wrestling after that point nothing on wcw television even on the saturday night shows pro shows nothing none of those syndicated shows i don't remember jack wwe acknowledge this title you know wwe look on their website they have the title history to like mm-hmm. a lot of wcw titles not this one mm. because it's just it might as well have never existed which, and this was only a seven-minute match, but like you said, it was, it was pretty entertaining. It seemed like it could be a launching pad for a, a great women's division in WCW. They already had the Cruiserweight division on fire. I mean, they could have really set themselves apart, and they did with you know the men, but they could have easily done it with the women. They just chose not to. Yeah. It was, it was weird. Another weird thing about this match is Nick Patrick was refereeing the match, and the announcers hated him because he was... Clearly, the NWOs like, you know, they had paid him off. So, like, why is he refereeing a WCW championship match? <laughs> right. Yeah, because no one but, affiliated with the NWOs in there. I guess he's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but also, I wanted to point out Akira's finish that like body slam brainbuster looked horrible, <laughs> like, like, it looked brutal, and awesome. And again, too bad that WCW just didn't care enough about the title to follow up on it after this. We move on from the women's title match. So now we're backstage with Diamond Dallas Page. He is sitting at a table next to some type of nerd. He's typing his answers on the chat, the online chat. They always make the guy look super nerdy in these little clips here of the guy typing and they always bully him sometimes or cuss him out. It's always it always cracks me up. Bullying isn't fun in real life, obviously, but it's always funny that they always did that. And both companies would do that. Yeah. It wasn't just a WWF thing or a WCW thing. It was always a nerdy looking guy 
sitting next to a wrestler and they're chomping the guy typing the answers for the most part. But we're now with Mean Gene Oakland, who is oh, man. ready to interview not the challenger in the main event, just a guy in the yeah. main event. His name is Rowdy Roddy Piper. One of the craziest promos you'll ever hear. Hulk Hogan will be facing my guest at this time in the role of challenger. He's done that many times over the years when I've covered him. Rowdy Roddy Piper, welcome to Music City, USA. Challenging for what, Gene? like we get together... What's he challenging for? At this time of the year, one right. reason or another, but tonight, I guess, much more I mean, important. see why people are confused. Since you arrived at Halloween Havoc, you champion. have made your intentions perfectly clear. You're standing on your own ground, not for World Championship Wrestling, but for Rowdy Roddy Piper, and Hogan has really done it this time. He has stirred up a hornet's nest. <laughs> I gotta tell you. Uh, Music City, USA. I sing like a bird, like a vulture. <laughs> and people telling me, oh, you're going to kick Hogan's butt. That's going to be no problem. Are you kidding? He's six foot seven, 270 pounds. I'm a midget. <laughs> Sky Lolo, me right there, baby. <laughs> With Hogan, going to be a walk in the park. Jurassic Park, honey. Have you seen this guy? Have you seen what he's thinking? I have. I don't listen to him. I just look at him. I watch that big dumb mug. He's perfectly suntanned. I watched him come in in the limousine, the long Volkswagen, and here he comes, and here it is, the match of the icons. Not wound up yet, but I'm getting there. There's plenty, folks, of icons. Thing that's been kind of P.O. on me is like we are the only icons ever in the whole history of the sport of professional wrestling. There's a little man out there that bought all from 77 to the rest of the time was in I Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. There's the guy Strangler Lewis. Couple of folks heard of him. Guy George Gorgeous George. Couple of folks heard of him. <laughs> There's this big mountain, Hogan. You know, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be something. I said, I want to be something. Give me an instrument. They gave me the bagpipes and a dress. Mm. I'm the one that can call a dress. You know <laughs> me why? Me and Gene. Mm. I'm tough enough. Like he preaching. I went with that. What am I going to do? A piano? Hard to carry in a parade, brother. Hard to carry. My whole life That's true. has been hard. Six kids I've had to feed. My whole life has been hard. You didn't have I to have six kids, Roddy. Right. You think I'm going to give up? Not a chance. Of course, it's the season tidings. There was tidings in reverse. And they say, it's better to give than receive. No! This will not be a problem. You see, if you take Hogan's ego, did I say Hogan's? Hogan's ego, what's your name? Roseanne Barr's broke up, it. put it on what? his head. It's a yamaka. See you later. Wait a minute, Roddy, what? don't go away. I've got to ask you this in closing. What about the hip? Absolutely. <laughs> Let's get you back to the ring. Wow. He just hops away on one foot. He said, if you take Hogan's ego, take Roseanne's bra, put it on top of his head, it's a yarmulke. That's a wild way of saying his ego is big. You could just say he's got a big ego. 
Roseanne sitting somewhere like, what, what do you say? Forget me for like, what, 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 <laughs> you cuss me? Why you? What do you? What do you bring me up for? I I didn't I don't know what the hell was going on. There. Roddy Piper, when he came back in Halloween Havoc, it was like he made sense. Then he just like went off the deep end. All his promos were like insanity. And I remember watching this, being like, what the hell is he talking about? Like, it's, he sounds stupid. It's not connecting with me in, in any way. It's just letting me know he's a basket case, and maybe that's what they were going for, but I don't know. Very strange. It's really this wasn't, strange. These weren't the promos he was cutting in WWF, that's for sure. And they mentioned his hip. Uh, Piper had hip surgery yeah. not too long before this, and they showed the scar. And yeah, they said it was uh, the same hip surgery that Bo Jackson had. At World War Three, uh, the NWO beat him up and showed it off. Mm. The steel chair right to the right to the hip. Right. So that's what, like, okay, they made him go insane because of that. But and that at least makes a little bit of sense if you if you go that trajectory. But still crazy. Hard hard yeah. to keep track of it all. <laughs> they they mentioned that you know it was the same hip surgery that Bo Jackson had because mm. Bo Jackson uh, hurt his hip. When he's playing for the Raiders, you know, making a a, a run, he's running wild again. In a, I think, believe in a playoff game against the Bengals, and he hurt his hip, and it pretty much it ended his football career. I think he still played baseball for a little bit after that, but he did not play football after that. So it was a severe hip injury that they're talking about with Roddy Piper, and the scar looked ugly. It was a gnarly yeah. scar. Yeah, very long, a ugly scar. But yeah, Roddy Piper, man. Uh, I think he's ready for that match. <laughs> Just a little bit. I, I guess. They can go on next. Why not? Right? Why not? But next up is something better, actually. <laughs> True. It is... Just a just a match here on the card. Just out of nowhere. It is Jushin Thunder Liger against Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to talk about who's probably the two most popular match wrestlers of the last 25 years, Rey Mysterio is probably number one. Because, you know, WWE's reach is very far. Uh, but Jushin and Liger is probably two. <laughs> like, like, who else, as far as a mass wrestler, is more famous than Jushin Liger outside of Rey Mysterio? <clears throat> Couldn't even name me as someone off the top of my head. Out of the, Like, again, and this is out of the last 30th. I'm not talking about Mil Mascaris or El Santo or something like that. Or, like, I don't know, uh, the Assassins from back in the day. or. You know, whoever, you know, I'm talking about, or the mass superstar, something like that. I'm talking about since like the 90s. Mankind. The executioner. He took the mask off and has never really put it back on. (laughs) Oh, you're just naming names now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Jushin Liger, though, uh, we talked about it last week. Huge. So. Yeah. Unless you got your own Saturday morning cartoon show, you you're not allowed in the conversation. You're doing good. You're doing pretty good. <laughs> Get your own Saturday morning cartoon show. Uh, Liger was going to be facing Ultimo Dragon mm-hmm. at the Tokyo Dome on January fourth because they talked about it during the opening match. But the winner of that match is going to face Jushin Liger at the Tokyo Dome. So just so you know, so. It could have been either Malenko or Dragon. It turned out because Dragon won. It's going to be Ultimo Dragon. Got to look that match up one day. I'm sure that was a good match. Uh, speaking of Rey Mysterio, though, 
Did you get a chance to see another installment of spending the holidays with the Mysterios? I did. On Twitter. <laughs> I did. <laughs> where instead of pulling up to Ray Mysterio's house, Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio pulled up to Grandfolk's house, grandfather's house. <laughs> right? That was. Showed up to his grandparents' <laughs> house on Christmas with Rhea Ripley. <clears throat> Soon as he opens the door, there's the grandfather. Oh, my hey, grandson! He just immediately hugs him. <laughs> and Rhea Ripley. Uh, welcome. Like, of course. Glad you can make it. My boy is here. I'm letting them in. I don't care how many cameras are here. Didn't you see Ray Mysterio come up? He's got the Gucci on. We got. We. I don't think we talk about enough about Ray Mysterio's love of designer. Because he's had like Louis Vuitton stuff in his gear before. And it's not the first time I've seen him wear something either Louis Vuitton or Gucci <laughs> on camera. And I'm sure he specifically wanted that shirt. Like, oh, this is my good Gucci shirt. I'm going to wear this on camera. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's that good Gucci. I'm going to wear this. Now everybody got this one. Couldn't wait to wear that shirt. Probably got it that night. Probably got it for Christmas. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, we got to talk about that more. That Raymond still got a... He got a... Uh, Expensive taste in his fashion. He do like himself some designer. I've noticed that. And it's not like something new. It's over the years, I've noticed that. All right? We know where Ray Mysterio's money went. It went to his house and went to his clothes. All right? <laughs> That's where his money is going. Then we got Mysterio talking to the police with the mask on still. They never tell him to yeah. take the mask off. <laughs> Any time you, in, you deal with police, it's like, identification right now yeah. give me your id <laughs> this man had a mask on his face they never asked him for his id then i'm sure even though i'm sure they probably gave the neighbors a heads up right. about what was going to happen right. i'm sure there's somebody still looking at the window like what in the hell is going on over there with those with those I mean, they were yelling outside it's not like like if you're home you're hearing this regardless you, want, you, know. you see cop lights outside you're like okay something's <laughs> happening what's the drama what's going on what's the tea and then you look out they in the street yelling oh they fighting oh he got his mask on he's ready to fight he ready to wrestle <laughs> he got his wrestling mask on watch out and then of course you got dominic mysterio with the best lines of the whole thing like, whoa, 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 whoa 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 mommy you can't you can't let them take me to jail <laughs> and my mom, I won't make it. I won't make it in jail. Mommy, you got to bail me out. Call Finn. Call Damien. Call Priest. I, I won't. You can't let them take me to jail. I won't make it in jail. Also, his mom slapped the hell out of Rhea Ripley. She did. She did. Got her good. Made that slap count. Yep. Right. That was well done. I like, it. <laughs> I like these videos. These videos so, are like, great. Unexpected that. And they, it's they make it entertaining, and it just, it's like it's unnecessary but hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's great. It's the best part of the angle, and it yeah. keeps the angle going. Yeah, because obviously you know it's not playing out on TV. You know, like they're on no. separate brands now. They they haven't come across each other except on Thanksgiving and now Christmas. And of course, <laughs> that makes perfect sense though. It makes perfect sense, but it's still hilarious. I don't know why domestic issues are hilarious to us, but <laughs> that's a lot about our society. But also, it's still really funny. I don't care. All right, it's still really, really funny. 
I, I don't know what they're gonna do. New Year's Day, you're gonna show up like at midnight. <laughs> what about you gotta, do, you gotta do You gotta do Valentine's Day. If they can get a stretch it that far, you gotta oh, do Valentine's man. Day. Cause that's that can be wild. <laughs> I'm, just, yeah. I'm just saying. Man. And if they can stretch it to Mother's Day, even better. Cause now he's calling Rear of Mommy and stuff like that. <laughs> it's weird. It's 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 wild. It's pretty quality television, though. No, we're internet. I don't. Know. It's not even not even on TV. Well, they'll show it on TV. But <clears throat> yeah, it's like the first time we see anything is on Twitter or you know Instagram. It's the it's the funniest thing. Yeah, it, it's just it's just funny though. And they got the cops involved. It's like don't the cops yeah. got better things to do <laughs> than to act out Ray Mysterio's little little fun and games? They gotta have something better to do. This is why taxpayer money going to to the popo pulling up. And pretending and arresting Dominic Mysterio and talking to Rey Mysterio in a mask and a Gucci shirt. <laughs> what the hell's going on? They probably live in some real remote, not really remote, but small town and stuff like that. Nothing happened. So the cops are like, this is the best action we've seen in weeks. Yeah. And it wasn't even real. <laughs> so. But the match itself, again, this match. Fun match. Even wilder and, and fun in hindsight Iron when you Mike realize that was that Iron Mike is back. Iron Mike today is back. Who told us about Jushin Liger's brain tumor that got removed? That's mm. super wild that he's wrestling just a couple months after that. Uh, that's pretty wild. Uh, but the match itself again, fun match. Liger suplexed uh, Rey Mysterio from the apron to the floor at yeah, one point. That was nice. Then he got out of the ring and just power bombs that Mysterio's ass yeah. on the floor. Like, oh, you still stuff alive? We haven't seen Boom. Like, like, no. Like, uh, okay, Diesel power bombs Shawn Michaels through the table um, during their no holds barred match in your house earlier that year. But somehow, power bombing a guy onto the mat seems like it does way more damage. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, power bombing through the table. To a sudden stop with, <laughs> right? with no like no like, breaks on that. <laughs> just, oh, I saw that. I was like, damn. And he did it immediately after the suplex. Yeah. He's just like, oh, you still breathing, huh? Right. Okay, I'll fix that. <laughs> Boom. Now what? <laughs> like it was it was rough. Good lord, that was rough. Yeah. And then we heard, you know, <laughs> Dusty Rhodes talked about earlier and his uh very excitable commentary at times, and especially during some of the matches that feature some of the Japanese or the Mexican talent, because he hears phrases he just has never heard before. Especially when he's talking about the moves, you know. You got the Asai Moonsault. I couldn't believe Asai Moonsault Dragon. It's the same thing. There's another one during this match. Very effective move by Liger. The Dragon Screw Leg Whip is that what's that called? Where he almost popped the knee of Rey Mysterio Jr. You <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> what with the, with the what? The Dragon Screw, dragon leg, screw whip. leg Whip. Yeah, man, wow. I gotta remember that one for later on tonight. <laughs> wow. What was that, honey? Well, that was the Dragon Screw Leg Whip. Wow. What was that, honey? And that one was the somersault capo kick in the corner by yeah, Mysterio. I knew that. <laughs> hey, you guys want anything? I run a concession stand and pick up some beverages and some popcorn. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll get you a cider or a leg whip. <laughs> wow. Corner now. Eleven-year-old Nick. Oh, Dusty's gonna wrestle with his wife later. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't gonna wrestle, all right. 
Why would they be wrestling? But okay, whatever. You know, different type of wrestling. <laughs> Some improper conduct happened in that wrestling. Nice <laughs> throwback. Nice callback to that one. Yeah. <laughs> Not gonna be great. Was that our uh, Monday Nitro deep dive from August fourth, nineteen ninety seven? <laughs> a big yep. deep dive, a separate deep dive into improper conduct. Oh my god. <laughs> Was that the 100th Nitro you said? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That's, that was on my VHS when I was flipping the commercial breaks. <laughs> you want to hear this replay. in more detail <laughs> and listen about Nick's journey of uh, flipping the channels back and forth <laughs> during the 100th or the 99th or the 101st episode of Nitro, allegedly, <laughs> uh, when Lex Luger wins the title from Hogan. Oh, Go back in the archives and listen. It yeah. is... Uh, it threw me for a loop, boy. I was like, what? Did not expect this to talk about, to be it talked about. To get back and I asked track. you, what were you in life? And I expected you to talk about flipping the channel to improper conduct with, uh, who was in that? It was somebody famous in that I don't movie. even remember. I don't even remember, but my God. Definitely a famous uh, few, a couple famous uh, names on there. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a film of ni- from 1994, so I remember that. Improper conduct. What a terrible <laughs> name, too. We, we got to move on from all the improper conduct talk. And, and dirty old man Dusty talking about what are you going to do to his wife? The drag, which is, yeah, was the dragon screw leg whips, stuff like that. Um, But yeah, this match again, great match. Uh, Liger wins it with his Liger bomb. Uh, and... Again, wins it with an exciting match. Very exciting match. Uh, I would say the first three matches in the show, borderline. I mean, the second one was shorter, but I think the first, I think all of them borderline bangers, in my opinion. Uh, but also, Japanese talent won all three of these matches that I'm talking about here. I'm not mad at it. I was going to say, if they, uh, if this was the World Cup of Wrestling, they'd be in good shape. Oh, man, it'd be over. <laughs> Damn near. 3 0 lead? 3 0 lead. Three uh, O lead, you can't blow a three O. But then again, I think the rest of the card there is no uh, Japanese talent. So, <laughs> nope, got them out of the way early. Let us Americans take it from here, or I mean, <laughs> face of fear aren't white Americans, but right. we'll take it from here. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Liger, I I guess I understand because uh, you know Liger would face Dragon. Uh, January 4th, so they both go over. Liger wins that, by the way. So Liger does become the there you uh, go. Jake Crown champion January there 4th after he defeats the Ultimo Dragon. And I just thought about, when I talked about like the most popular mass wrestlers of the last 30 years, I didn't necessarily include Kane in that. Well, I mentioned him as a wrestler. <laughs> yeah. I, I did say him, but I don't know. If I did not hear you say that. Yeah. The, the the best part of Kane was much. from like '97 to maybe 2000. Anything past that doesn't uh, register. <laughs> so he only had a good like three or four year run. Liger, I'll, I'll give Mysterio, him credit for they transcend anything Kane's done. <laughs> I'll give him credit for the team hell no run. That was kind of you know, fun. <laughs> but um, other than that, corporate Kane, uh, Mayor Kane, he stinks. <laughs> He's the worst of them all. Um, unmasked Kane was uh, he was all right. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, it was, it was some hit, hits and misses. But I, I, I didn't, I didn't want to mention him though, because it's like technically he's a mass wrestler. You know, it's not just uh, junior heavyweights that wear masks. Obviously, sometimes the big guys do too. And Kane was a mass wrestler, so. Uh, but I don't know if he's as big in Japan as Jushin Liger. <laughs> so, <laughs> I probably can stand by that point when you really think about it, because <laughs> especially now when Kane is alienating a good chunk of his fan base with his politics. Mm-hmm. Um, Liger's way over now than <laughs> Kane. <laughs> way more over now. Yeah, very much. Very much the case. But moving on, the next match on the card is a no disqualification match. It is two, well, one Four Horsemen member going against a an endorsed potential <laughs> member. Okay. Well, the asterisk. Right. He's the Four Horsemen in training. Okay. <laughs> he, in the, he, in the, he in AAA. They, he waiting to call, they waiting to get called up. Okay. Um, it's Chris Benoit, who is that Four Horsemen member, going against Jeff Jarrett, the Four Horsemen in training. No disqualifications. This match was weird. We're going to talk about it. But it just seems that no matter where you look, past, present, maybe even in the future, Jeff Jarrett is probably going to be there. <laughs> He's everywhere. You watch current stuff, Jeff Jarrett is there. Pretty much every week on AEW. He's been around. <laughs> yeah, Ric Flair's last match. He's been all over AEW TV. We now we're in the past. One of our previous uh deep dives, the the uh one of our throwback episodes was in your house from December nineteen ninety five. Jeff Jarrett was on that show, I believe. Well, he was. He was, right? He was, yep. Beat up Emma Johnson. <laughs> Ahmad Johnson? <laughs> Ahmed, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was looking at something. <laughs> I felt my mouth do a weird thing. But Ahmad. I'm just going to leave it in. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking to see but, if I have any Jeff Jarrett clips. That's why I'm like. Jeff Jarrett. You should have I, plenty I of Jeff Jarrett clips. By the way, I don't. My God, we don't have him calling somebody slap nuts at any point. We haven't watched a ton of 2000 WCW, no, though. No, we haven't. So, we got to make some sacrifices, I guess, man. You got to make some sacrifices. Uh, but this match, it was it was a match. It was weird, though, because Jeff Jarrett was getting cheered for like a baby face. He was. Now, he was in his hometown of Nashville, Tennessee, mm. so that'll help. Mm. Uh, but I still feel like he's just a hateable guy. But he's like a big deal in Nashville, man. You see him? He's like in, a, in a, the Predators, one of the Nashville Predators, like social media videos recently. Is like as a voiceover in it and something like that. He, I think he physically made an appearance in the videos. Like, do people in Nashville rock with Jeff Jarrett that much? And <laughs> that he could pop up in these videos? I would have never known that. <laughs> like, he's one of their celebrity fans. That's. There are multiple wrestlers who like the Eagles that the Eagles don't have in their voiceover as a voiceover in their videos, mm. including the Bella Twins, which they, yeah. they probably would love to have the Bella Twins be yeah. in the video. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Uh, but Samoa Joe, he ain't getting asked anytime soon. <laughs> uh, who else is an Eagles fan? Uh, that's uh, in wrestling. It's, it's multiple. There's, 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 there's multiple. I can't think of them yeah. off the top of my head, but there's multiple, including Samoa Joe. But yeah, Jeff Jarrett, he's everywhere. Even in pro hockey teams hype videos. 
everywhere we look, there he is, including in Starcade 1996, uh, where he was apparently a babyface. <clears throat> At least he was getting cheered like it by the end of the match. Speaking of the end of the match, woman who's with uh, Chris Benoit, of course, she interferes in the match. Arn Anderson then walks out, a fellow Four Horsemen member alongside Chris Benoit. Arn Anderson doesn't even acknowledge him, just walk right by him. Sat in the corner of Jeff Jarrett. And it's like, whoa, what's happening here? What's going on? Because hmm. you remember, Fl- Ric Flair had endorsed Jeff Jarrett. That's like a political endorsement. Like, that meant something to somebody. Uh, then the Dungeon of Doom comes out. Conan and Hugh Morris come out. They mess with woman and they try to kidnap her. And Dusty goes, we got a kidnapping. We got a kidnapping. Nobody tries to stop this, but somehow they didn't take her away. Uh, Arn Anderson then hops in the ring and DDTs Jeff Jarrett on the floor. Or sorry, he didn't hop in the ring to do that. He DDTed him <laughs> on the floor and then tossed Jeff Jarrett back into the ring. While that was happening, which I'm not sure if this is on camera. I don't know if I saw this as it happened because they put the camera on yeah, Jarrett like and Arn Anderson. So you couldn't. Okay. I don't remember seeing this happen in real time. We saw the DDT live. Right. We heard the chair shot, but we, okay. could not, we didn't see it. And they did replay it after the match. They did. But while the DDT is happening, Kevin Sullivan is in the ring, mm-hmm. and he hits Chris Benoit in the back of the head with, like, a wooden chair or table. Like a, it looked like one of those tables you set up when you try to eat, like, in your living room. And you have one of them fold-up tables you sit up. You know what I'm saying? Either way, it looked, it looked like it hurt. <laughs> All right? Yeah. yeah, just a bit. Knocked the hell out of Chris Benoit. He lies on the ground. Jeff Jarrett gets rolled back into the ring. It just so happens he rolls just far enough to have his one of his arms drape over top of Chris Benoit. Mm. The referee counts to three, and Jeff Jarrett is your winner of this no disqualification match. All this stuff was happening. Mm. The referee couldn't stop any of it, but people were still sneaking around and doing stuff. It was weird. Right. <laughs> I mean, if it's no DQ, why why got to be sneaky about it? Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. This was a mess, by the way. Yeah. This was, of the first four matches on the show, easily the worst. And it's not really against the people involved. I mean, you're not going to hear it and be, uh, try to speak well of Chris Benoit, but like, they're both capable of better. And in the finish, which is weird. It was just really weird. A lot of Four Horsemen, Dungeon of Doom stuff in this era was hit or miss. Um, we covered a lot of the 97 stuff in our previous deep dives. It was just like Four Horsemen, Dungeon of Doom, feuding with each other, but then like also feuding with the NWO. Yeah. And it was always a mess, always a mess. Which Jeff Jarrett Angle, you know, Ric Flair being hurt, not being able to wrestle, but showing up once in a while on TV. Like, it just, it wasn't a storyline that should have been cared, cared about. By people, yeah. it just no one cared that Jeff Jarrett was a horseman or not. So, but they kept going on for months and months and months, and it's just you know it went into the summer of '97. Like this went on way too long. It was just I don't care if Jeff. And then of course Jeff Jarrett thinks he's in the horseman. And then Rick Flair is like, just kidding. And it's like, well, what the hell are we doing <laughs> Why here? Do we waste what our are time? we doing? Just kidding. Oh my god. And you just have Mongo yeah. in the background. He's still there. Just hanging out. Like, <sighs> It's just, when you think about it within the story, right? 
why is the Dungeon of Doom and the Four Horsemen feuding with each other when there's this, war, there's this other right. faction in the company right. that hates both of y'all? <laughs> and they're trying to pretty much put you, in storyline, of course, put you out of business. And the NWO don't like any either one of y'all, right? <laughs> so why wouldn't y'all just team up for a little bit, get rid of the NWO, and then y'all can go back to fighting each other? It just made WCW look stupid and selfish when you really think about it, <laughs> right? Okay, the Kevin Sullivan, Chris Benoit thing I get, but oh, that was whole, personal. All factions, the whole factions to be like feuding with each other, like right. yeah, I get the one on one, but like the, come on, the Sullivan, we'll get over this. <laughs> the Sullivan Benoit stuff was on screen and in real life personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's we make an exception and of for course, that. Kevin Sullivan was like, let's let's do business, right? Whereas Sam Punk and the Elite are, have not done that yet. <laughs> What a wasted opportunity. And that's what... Might not be done. Might not be over. Right. And the sidetrack, Dax Harwood has a podcast now, and he talked about that pretty much. I haven't listened to the whole thing, but I've listened, you know, bits and pieces. And he talked about, like, there's money, there's opportunity there to make money. That's what I said back in September when this all happened. Y'all can make money together. People will be interested in seeing CM Punk versus Kenny Omega matches. Y'all can both make seven figures from from those matches. Instead, y'all want to slap fight each other over what? (laughs) <laughs> what exactly? Stupid. Kevin Sullivan was like, "Let's make some money. Let's make some money off of this." Um, but yeah, this was this was weird. This is really weird. Then, yeah, you, you talked about got a lot of four horsemen drama and stuff like that. So how can we add more to the four horsemen drama? Well, we can bring out Mongo McMichael, of course. <laughs> Because he was the only one willing to talk to Mean Gene Oakland. He tried to talk to Kevin Sullivan. Nah. Arn Anderson. Nah. They blew him off. No one wanted to talk to Gene. Except our boy Mongo McMichael. Mm. Who came out with Debbie McMichael, of course. And was like, look, man. I always speak the truth. Okay? I tell the truth. And this is a direct quote from Mongo McMichael. He said, if I tell you a mosquito could pull a plow. Hook him up. <laughs> what? <laughs> so what I think he's saying is he doesn't lie. So even if he said a mosquito, a tiny little insect, could pull like a truck, you better believe him because he doesn't lie. Hook up the mosquito and let him pull away. <laughs> At least that's what I got from it. <laughs> I, maybe I can go back and listen to it or something. You got way more than I did out of that. <laughs> but that's what I took from that. He said, and then the way he said it, hook him up. <laughs> 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 if nothing else, you remember that part. Because, like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, he wants to talk about <laughs> mosquitoes pulling plows. But <laughs> Meanwhile, Deborah's like, women in Chris Benoit, you guys suck. <laughs> what the hell's going on here? And everybody wants to be with me, but you can't. <laughs> like nan and the boo boo and blue raspberries at him. Mongo also blamed Chris Benoit for losing to Jeff Jarrett. Never mind the fact that Kevin Sullivan came out and knocked the right, right. daylights out of this of man. Course. No, he blamed Benoit because Arn Anderson DDT Jeff Jarrett and threw him <laughs> in the ring. He was all yours. He was unconscious, Mongo. Did you not watch the match? <laughs> No, he was, he, was unconscious. he was making his way to the ring or making his way to the stage area. He was checking out which mosquitoes could pull a plow, pull a truck, <laughs> so you can hook him up. 
The way he said that, man, had me on the floor line. Maybe I'll have to go back and clip that one. <laughs> Yo, look it up, bro. When he was like, what are you talking about, Mongo? <laughs> he said it so fast, too. You can miss it. And I was like, what? what did? And I ran it back. I was like, what? And I thought about it. And I was like, man, that was... That was borderline philosophical for Mongo, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of deep. Just borderline. Wow. Man, I was... If you couldn't tell, I was blown away. I <laughs> I can feel that coming through the microphone right now. By the poet of our time. <laughs> Steve Mongo McMichael. Hope he's doing all right out there. No, he's uh, ALS, uh, battling ALS. Shout out to Mongo McMichael. But let's see. <laughs> you gonna you gonna listen to it now? Let's see. Let's see. I know I can hear it in the background. Yeah, I can hear it. Listen to the rest of the promo, bro. That's it. <laughs> Hook him up. Hook him up. <laughs> if I tell you a mosquito can pull a plow, hook him up, bro. I'm not lying to you. I'm Mongo. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. Like you said, I've been a winner all my life. If I tell you I won a Super Bowl with the 85 Bears, I'm going to tell you again. Damn it. Mongo. We talked about Mongo's football career in the past on the podcast, so yeah, go check that out. Now. Check that out in the archives, along with Kevin Green's career and Reggie White's career. We talk about football sometimes on this podcast. It's <laughs> also a football podcast, if you didn't know. Um, <laughs> thank you for that, Kevin Green. <laughs> we appreciate it. Uh, by the way, Deborah. <laughs> Deborah and her promo also praised Jeff Jarrett a lot. Yeah. So foreshadowing. Mm. And then she said about woman says she was rolled hard and put up wet. They had some sayings. <laughs> they make Michaels, man. And Okerlin <laughs> grabs the mic like away from him. It's like, we're on television. Like, <laughs> right, you can't say that. It's pay per view though, Gene. It's pay per view though. Don't yeah. you know don't you have any type of home training? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. You gotta have Still some type of home it. trainer. Road hard to put up wet. Damn, just say you don't like her. Yeah, yeah. you gotta go get all personal. That's crazy. But moving on. Also, real messy too. It's real messy talk. Both of them was wild. <laughs> they had some sayings. Mosquitoes pulling plows. Road hard and put up wet. Them McMichaels, man. <laughs> gotta watch out for those McMichaels back in '96. Have a wave of words. There was no telling what they was gonna say, but we're moving. On, we're moving on. We get a video package about Sting, who is hanging out in the rafters, just chilling. I do always love though the fact that Sting was hanging out in the rafters in late '96 has become a meme for people who go to sporting events and they take photos of themselves at the sporting <laughs> events and they're like way high up. <laughs> and it's like, why do you? Why would we? Why are we clowning people with this? <laughs> Especially people who you know they got the money to go to these games. Right. 
But it's still really funny it's though. We'll <laughs> <laughs> be sitting way high up. And look, that, that and that, like you go to certain buildings like Madison Square Garden, they still cost you might might have cost you like hundred dollars to sit up there. But people we still be replying with the sting gif of him sitting way up in the rafters. <laughs> and it's just they just spam people's replies with that gif or the meme. I do find that funny. Even though it was a big hater uh tweet i think but i think it's like acknowledged and it's like it's known that we just messing and it's hating for nothing (laughs) but those are always funny to me i find humor in them but moving on it is now time for the wcw world tag team championship it is the outsiders defending against the faces of fear with nick patrick officiating because He's going to cheat for them. That's just what's going to happen. <laughs> the bottom line. As soon as the NWO came out, I was like, man, they look so much cooler than everybody else in the show. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Like, obviously, we've watched plenty of WCW on this podcast. We've watched plenty of WCW in our lifetimes. And it was like a known thing, like the NWO. And there's a reason why they were cheered as much as they were. And people bought the merch because they were cooler than everybody else. But it's it's wild to see, like, we watched 95 uh, Starcade last week. And then you go into this one, and there's really no NWO presence. You know, Hogan hasn't even cut his promo yet. Outside of the video packages, we haven't really seen too much NWO yet. We saw, uh, you know, the first three matches was Japanese talent. Uh, and then the last match was... Uh, Benoit and Jarrett, and now here. So it's the first real look we got at the NWO during the show. And you just see them, it's like, man, they look way cooler than everybody else, man. No wonder they got cheered. Why would you cheer? Even though the faces of fear were cool, like they were badass, but like, why would you cheer them? Why would you cheer the Dungeon of Doom? You might cheer the, the Four Horsemen if Flair is there, but if not, I'm not cheering for Benoit. Like, who cares about him? Arn? Nah. Mongo, all right, we can keep Mongo. Mongo's cool. <laughs> you keep talking about mosquitoes pulling plows. We could. <laughs> Look them up. That's my favorite part of the show, Nick. I'm sorry. <clears throat> but it really wasn't close, though, when it comes to the NWO and everybody else. They just looked of the times, and that's all they really did. They didn't really do anything special. They just said, hey, we're going to stop looking like wrestlers from the 80s and start looking like normal people. But, like, cool, normal people. And it worked. It really worked. (laughs) You see why uh, WCW tried to milk every last cent of that cash cow known as the New World Order. However, if this were real, the Faces of Fear would have all the titles. They'd be Ultimo Dragon out here. They would take Ultimo Dragon's titles, too. Maybe the world title, the cruiserweight, the U.S., the TV, tag, all the belts, the Faces of Fear would take them. So just don't forget that. They would beat up everybody, <laughs> everybody in the building. Okay. Take everybody down. Um, but they reminded people how tough they were in the early going of this match when, I believe it was Barbarian, or though no, it was Haku, clotheslined the hell out of Scott Hall. And then followed it up with one of the meanest chops I've ever seen slash heard. <laughs> it was horrible to watch. It was like watching a horror movie. I felt bad for Scott Hall in that moment. Real bad. 
It was always the one that took that offense in those tag matches. <laughs> Kevin Nash was just like, I'll stay here on the apron. It makes sense. And Hall could take all the moves. <laughs> you know, even though no, Scott Hall was a big guy himself, but he was the yeah. small guy <laughs> with Kevin Nash. Right. Somebody got to take the offense. <laughs> the medium-sized man. Yeah, the big man <laughs> and the medium man. <laughs> That's a great description. He's a little That's bigger than medium, he though. That. He's it, like the big man. And the medium-sized man. <laughs> it's like, wait a second, you're the big man too, technically. Right, like, compared to normal folk, you big. <laughs> right? You know, medium. You know, that's not the the mean. That's not the norm. You know, medium is like average, right? <laughs> like, no, <nah. laughs> that's that's not it. Compared to Kevin Nash, I guess. But that was always funny. But uh, they were beating the hell out of Scott Hall. Heenan comes along and says. You know, if you really want to make the faces of fear angry, you know, just don't feed them. Just don't feed them, you know. And on one end, he made them sound like animals, which is bad. Okay. And racist. To make it sound like, you know, barbarians, even though one guy's name is barbarian. But they're not actually barbarians. That's a term. You know, that's just a name. That's not like how he actually lives. He's also a former head striker. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. However, there's another part of me was like, I'm also kind of cranky when I'm hungry. I think everybody is. I think everybody, for the most part, is. That's not a unique strategy. That's that's not a strategy that's unique to the to the faces of fear. That's pretty right. much everybody. The term "hangry" is a is a term, you know. Very much so. Snickers got a whole campaign about, you know, people being hungry and being not them quite themselves. I am so A-N-G-R-Y. You hungry? <laughs> still, still love it. <laughs> but Snickers got a whole campaign about people turning into celebrities when they're hungry. <laughs> you know, they make money off of that. But sidetrack for a second. You just did play the Keenan and Kel clip. We got to talk about the <laughs> the Keenan and Kiki from Saturday Night Live a couple weeks ago, which I'm sure you yes. watched and took many turns along the way. Very, very much. <laughs> very many? Yeah, very many. <laughs> very many, very much. Yeah. I was going to say very much so, and I decided not to say so, so that it sounded <laughs> weird. So, <laughs> But yeah, that was great. I loved it. And I was like, when... The skit started. I was like, "Oh, this is great!" Like they absolutely have to have Kel in it, and then he made the appearance, and I was like, "Yes, well done, very well done." I Didn't they shoot that. Kel? Yeah. Didn't Kel get shot? <laughs> he did. <laughs> and Kiki, was it was Kiki's catchphrase? It was "Here comes the bus." <laughs> oh, here comes the bus. <laughs> I don't know, man. I like Here Comes the Bus a little bit better. <laughs> Such a stupid, awkward thing to say at any moment of your life. Here Comes oh, the Bus. Humanity. Big Keenan and Kel fans over here, as you can tell. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> but back to this world tag team title match. Nah, let's start. keep talking about Keenan and Kel. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned earlier that Nick Patrick was officiating and... 
he is a biased referee, and it, that came to light again in this match. Because mm-hmm. Barbarian mm-hmm. was choking out Scott Hall, and he choked him out. He put him to sleep. Scotty was snoring. Mm-hmm. But Nick Patrick never checked on him. <laughs> he just <laughs> never looked. <laughs> he spent so much time not looking that Scott Hall woke back up. He's started good. fighting He's back. Busy doing something else. Doing whatever. <laughs> this eventually led to Scott Kevin Nash, I have to say, hitting a jackknife powerbomb mm. to pick up the win. Nick Patrick was in prime position to count to, the, <laughs> to three on this one. Uh, and the Outsiders retained their titles. Mm. you have any other thoughts on this contest? I'll tell you, it's always impressive when Nash picks up the big men for powerbombs. And just they fall so hard. I was like, damn, that had to hurt the Barbarian, man. He just drops him. Just, oh, <laughs> like, you too heavy. Sorry. It's like different go. when he does it to like Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart, but like he does it to a big, big dude. It's like, ouch. I know the WCW ring, which was a lot, you know, uh, uh, the hell's the word? Had less give than a WWF yeah. ring. But the, snug, I guess. Uh, stiff, I guess. Stiff yeah, was yeah. the word I was looking for. I have brain farts like every week for like these simple words, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it is. Outsiders retain, and we're moving on to a promo. First is Ted DiBiase, but he is joined by Hollywood Hulk Hogan, who are also joined Ted. by Vincent and Miss Elizabeth, <laughs> and the big gold belt. This is the NWO at this point. Uh, so yeah. Hulk Hogan, he gets to speak finally. What you what what else you got, Hogan? What you got to say about tonight, huh? <laughs> Very boring. All Hogan's promos are like boring. It says the same stuff. Do we not have that promo? No, or we had that promo. No, I didn't clip it. Okay. <laughs> it's just like uh, Very few Hogan promos are uh I guess entertaining enough to clip for a podcast, I guess. I didn't find this one, you know, like in the best interests to clip. It was it was very weird. But like oddly I enjoyed it too. Did you? Kinda. <laughs> Maybe because it was so over the top. But but Hogan was trying his best to not be over the top, but he was. It was weird. <laughs> it was just really weird. And then he would just go into like, yeah, sucka. Like, why oh, did he man. say it like that? <laughs> That's Booker T's like, thing. Why did he do that? But it, we know it's not. Booker T isn't even like. like that he's not saying explains that yet. Booker T's promo from the spring later in 97. Right. But he, we're not even there yet. He just thought of that on his own. He must have. Hogan just thought of sucka on his. What is wrong with him? <laughs> like, who told him to go there? Oh, does it? No, Terry, no, no, Terry, no, don't go sucka. Okay, just say brother like you always do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> you could say brother the whole promo for all I care. I'm not go sucka. Was it? Was that his? Uh, was that his uh, way of getting back at Booker T for calling him the N word back in? No, because that ninety <laughs> four or whatever. Booker's was? promo was in ninety seven. The that Hulk promo Hogan from for Booker you? T was in 1997 before Spring Stampede. It was? Yes. That wasn't in the early 90s? That was not in the early 90s. You telling me that promo when he said the N-word was in 1997? I'm, yep. 
because it was before Spring Stampede. Spring Stampede had the four quarters match with Lex Luger, The Giant, Stevie Ray, Booker T. It was like a tag team, but four quarters match. Whoever won got the shot at Hollywood Hogan, which is how Lex Luger won, got that title shot You know, a few months later. That was Man. the match, so that's why Booker T said, Hulk Hogan will come after you. That's what he said. He didn't say anything after that, right? <laughs> but that's where the promo stems from. That's why he mentioned Hogan in that promo. What? Like, yeah. Isn't that I crazy, that though? that was before. I thought that I know. was like... So did I. I thought it was like a 94, 95. Well, you know, like, it seemed to be just Sherry was with them, but... uh no, it was in 1997. Crazy. <laughs> Before wow, Spring Stampede, 97. I, did, I never knew that. Yeah. I always assumed it was like early WCW yeah. or early into Hulk Hogan's run into right. WCW, I should yeah. say. Like red and yellow Hulk Hogan. Mm. So, yeah, that was, he, was talking, he was talking about NWO Hulk Hogan, which is like mind-blowing. <laughs> it makes it even funnier now. <laughs> he got that upset about Hollywood Hulk Hogan. <laughs> And he was the bad guy. <laughs> he was real mad. He's tired of NWO, bro. He's tired. <laughs> I could have swore that was earlier in the timeline of events. That would happen in 1997. Wow. That's what I'm saying. Maybe Booker's promo was in retaliation. In the Hulk Hogan. He's no, he just took it too far. <laughs> Booker T's watching the promo like, tell me he didn't just say that. Ooh, wait till the next time I get a promo. It didn't happen until March. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and he remembered that. Remember that time he said, sucker? Yeah, I got him now. <laughs> <laughs> and then he went backstage. Like, after he said it, he's like, tell me I didn't just say that. <laughs> tell me. Man, what a wild time WCW was. Very it's much. crazy. It's real crazy. Hulk Hogan's promo. It was it was weird. I wasn't sure what the hell he was talking about, but I kind of <laughs> sort of liked it. Don't <laughs> he know said why. Piper's gonna leave all his kids behind and forget about wrestling. <laughs> after yeah, what? Like what? He's just saying anything. If anything, he's just gonna go back to his family and quit wrestling altogether. Like, what are you talking about? I don't know what the hell he was talking about. It was so much it's Hollywood Day, apparently. Yeah, not Piper Day. <laughs> Hollywood Day. Brother. Sucka. <laughs> what? We got to move on, though. Uh, to probably the best match on the card. Probably my favorite match on the show. Mm. The ending wasn't great, but <laughs> everything up to it was very good. And I'm talking about the WCW United States Heavyweight Championship match. Also, the finals of an eight-person tournament. It is Diamond Dallas Page going up against Eddie Guerrero. No title is in the vicinity, though, because the Giant just has the belt. Mm. He just has it. He's not the champion, though. Mm-mm-mm. Either Diamond Dallas Page or DDP are going to be the champion, but the belt is just nowhere to be found. Uh, Guerrero, he beat Conan and Chris Benoit to get to this point. DDP defeated Jeff Jarrett and then received a bye. <laughs> Now he's in the finals. There's uh, so DDP. many tournaments that have like this buy, like through the years in WWF and WCW. It's just like they have nothing creatively, I guess. 
Yeah, like, I, we're I, not going to give you another match. Let's just have a buy in there. And I think they still do it from time to time, like WWE, with like, oh, disqualification or somebody yeah, got hurt, you get a so buy. And it's like that's nonsense. <laughs> what? Get out of here. A buy. Like what the hell? And I understand some things. You know, I think what happened in the um. What tournament was that recently? It was a women's tournament that like everybody got hurt in. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, tag team was tournament. It? Tag team titles. Yeah. yeah, I think it was, it was the NXT women's one, right? Or was it the it was the WWE w- women's w- tag yeah. titles? Yeah, and everybody got hurt in that tournament. Yeah. So I understand you got change some things up and stuff like that. That's okay. I, I I'll give you a pass on that. But when they like implicitly write that into the story, <laughs> like yeah. like what? What, what for what? Just have them do the match. And that's it. Okay. But <clears throat> U.S. title match here with no U.S. title in the vicinity because the Giant just has it. Uh, the fans rooting for DDP during this match. Hmm. Kind of a big deal considering he was pretty much a heel his whole career before this. Hmm. Uh, at least in WCW. Uh, but he recently turned down an invitation from the New World Order. That probably helped. You'd, I'd imagine that helped, right? I guess, but like the NWO is so hot, so that I thought people might not like him for it. But I don't know, he's kind of coming into his own as well. Um, people were digging him at this point, and uh, one of the very few heels that would turn down the NWO. So yeah, then I definitely, obviously, a few weeks later, he would hit Scott Hall with the diamond cutter in the middle of the ring on Nitro to cement all that. So. Uh, but he was building up to that moment, and this was a good night for that to happen, uh, for the fans to really get behind him during a match of this magnitude, first of all. And uh, kind of, you know, I didn't even notice it watching live back then, like, that the fans were into him. I was just like, ah, DDP, bad guy, whatever. So <laughs> didn't even see, like, the, you know, the path that he was taking at that point didn't even think he could be like a popular star and lo and behold like not even a month later he's like one of the biggest stars in wcw so just by saying no to the nwo and that's they could have reused that formula again i think (laughs) not just with ddp i mean it worked with ddp you don't want to overdo it but there's so many people joining the nwo that yeah, it, it, it was a big deal when somebody didn't join. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they could have made more baby faces out of that. Except they just got Goldberg and Sting, and that was it. <laughs> it was <laughs> like, funny because, you know, we'd see, you know, the NWO kind of paying back a little bit, and then the whole story is kind of like, come on, like, you see what happens when you turn us down, so just join us. Then eventually DDP is like, okay, I'll join you. And then, boom, no, I won't. Like, that helps. Like, that whole, you know way the angle went and story went i think that helped ddp even yeah more. that was that was brilliant the whole... like, hey you can't can't beat us so join us and ddp's like all right psych. Push the sh- <laughs> he put the shirt on too he puts he the shirt did. on yep does the handshake with nash yeah. well with hall nash turns around he's like yeah he's with us and, and <laughs> hall pulls him back for the diamond cutter boom yep. puts up the diamond puts up the diamond sign and route it and that was it yeah. that yep <clears throat> yeah that was that was a well-executed uh, way to get DDP to be a fully-fledged babyface by that point. But on this night, he's still kind of sort of getting to that point. Yeah, I um, remember going what, against... I, was, I was like not. That moment 
was when I was like, okay, DDP is for real. But like here, Starcade '96, I was like, ah, screw DDP. He <laughs> <laughs> wasn't. You wasn't ready yet. You wasn't ready no, to accept him no, yet. But I will not. say, in the ring, he could go because him and Eddie yes. tearing it up in yes. this match. Again, probably my favorite match on the show. I think this is my favorite match on the show. And they were going crazy, and then the NWO comes out. Mm. Scott Hall hits DDP with the outsider's edge. Mm. Eddie Guerrero is outside of the ring. The referee is distracted, but Eddie Guerrero doesn't realize that the NWO came out and put DDP down. He comes up, hits the frog splash, picks up the win, and becomes the brand-new United States champion. But again, unbeknownst to him, he had help from the NWO. They come back to the ring, the NWO does, and then they start whooping Eddie Guerrero's ass, too. So, <laughs> congratulations. You're the champ. Take take this ass whooping. Yeah. Catch this fade. Yeah. You don't even get right. a belt. He right. doesn't even have a belt. <laughs> the numbers overwhelm. He fights him off at first, but they start whooping his ass. <laughs> okay. They were too much for him. The fans are throwing stuff in the ring <laughs> in response. Uh, they don't like it. I didn't really love it, neither. Uh, the belt was there because the NWO was there. The Giant wasn't there. Six has the belt now. He's mm-hmm. beating up at Eddie Guerrero. Now he has the belt. Mm-hmm. What are we doing here <laughs> with this? Know, like the NWO didn't need heat at this point. I guess like costing Page the match was enough. Uh, like I get that. Just go away. Like why do you have to come back and beat both guys up again? Like relax. I guess because Hogan was gonna lose and the Giant was gonna lose. Like I. But still, like why is that in wrestling? Gotta keep my heat. Like, okay, by killing the two WCW US championship contenders, like, what good does that do anybody? You know? I guess it sets up that Eddie Guerrero six ladder match for sold out the next month, but if we're doing all this, like, why can't you just do that on Nitro? You know, like, you have plenty of time to build. You have four, at least four weeks. Maybe not four, but like three, like, you don't need to do that right now. Kill any momentum Eddie Guerrero had, like, right away. So here's your new champion. Whatever. And as you said, like, they didn't really necessarily need any more heat. Like, we're, what, six months into this story? <laughs> like, we've seen them beat up people so many times. That's why the fans are probably just throwing stuff. Like, come on, we've seen this already. <laughs> and that's what made the next match even, like, a bigger, like, big pop because – those moments of hope were few and far between, mm-hmm. which I understand you want to build up some heat, but like how much can you do it? Like you said, like they didn't need any more heat. They got all the heat now. <laughs> they can start like, and that's why I thought that this would be a good time to like change the dynamic a little bit in the story. And they didn't at all. They just kept it the same. And you can, they, they kind of rescued it with sting in 97 because that that was building the whole time. And there was other good stuff happening too, don't get me wrong. But as far as you, you look at the overarching story of the NWO, it, even by the end of 96, for me, it was like, okay, we, we get it. <laughs> we get it. I'll it wait for Sting. It sense to me if the Outsiders lost the tag titles to the Faces of Fear. Then it's like, okay, they're angry, they're going to beat up whatever. But, Something that didn't something. happen, and no, no, no NWO person was involved in this match. So, why'd you have to? Like I said, right. you can turn on DDP. That's fine, cost of the match. But then just go away. You don't have to come back and beat up both guys. 
So and they, they did they did set up what was it uh, six versus Guerrero yeah. as sold out. Yeah, yeah, I mentioned that. I think so. Uh, I don't know if you heard me say that before. Your mic cut did out. Did not or something. But, <laughs> um, I did mention that. I'm not going to edit this out because hey, technical difficulties happen. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like that. Could, that's like a possible explanation, but still, like it's six and Eddie Guerrero in a ladder match. Like, is that going to sell us of the first WCW January pay per view ever? Like, also, what? it's the biggest show of the year. We're not. Why are we worried about right. sold out? Right. Exactly. Like because it's an NWO branded, and you want to like. That's the only thing I think of, but it's the raw. I guess in '96 to '97, you're you're trying different things, but don't use Starcade for that. You have Nitro, like right. You have other. You can have like a rematch between DDP and Eddie Guerrero, then do that on Nitro the next night. You know, you don't have to do it on your biggest show like Starcade. But yeah, it's like everybody knew that Starcade was the biggest show of the year, except WCW. <laughs> they would just they wouldn't treat it that <laughs> way sometimes. Definitely doesn't uh, think it was so. Which I don't understand. It's <laughs> like, still the dumbest thing I've ever heard him say. And he said it's a like, lot of say, dumb things. It's like Roger Goodell taking over the NFL. It's like, you know what? <laughs> Super Bowl. Mm-mm. We're going to make wild card weekend. <laughs> the championship <laughs> games <laughs> happen at week 18, the regular season finale. <laughs> Super Bowl, that's an exhibition. But Crazy. Week 18 is when the champions going to get crowned. You have the... You have... The the granddaddy event. You have your WrestleMania. The way the NWA and WCW prior booked their year was around Starcade. That was the big yeah. show. Yeah. You didn't have to create one. You know what I'm saying? Like ain't like he came no. in and that wasn't already there. Like AEW. They're still figuring out what is their primary show. Like that one marquee show. It looks like it's gonna be all out. But who knows after what happened last year? <laughs> so they, Double or Nothing is also no, a contender for that. Yeah, I think AEW could use a show that that's definitely the show, their Super Bowl. It looks different from the other shows. It feels different from the other shows. I think AEW could benefit from that. But I understand if it's you know if the decision you know is not like an obvious one because just starting from nothing, Eric Bischoff had. Something he had a basis already. Starcade was there. I don't understand why he saw Halloween Havoc as the number one show on the calendar. As it's, much as I love Halloween Havoc, why? I mean, it, it was the best themed show they had, but in terms of like building to it, no. Starcade was the their WrestleMania, right? Even though Starcade was older than WrestleMania, um, Starcade was their WrestleMania. Starcade's theme was that it was the big show yeah it was the super bowl great name like halloween havoc's right. a good name but starcade's so good starcade's <laughs> an awesome name that's the thing too even i'll, I'll look past the two r's great <laughs> name <laughs> i mean that makes it i think that makes it better it's like starcade like yeah, you say exactly. it like r like yeah. a pirate now <laughs> <laughs> with but one no. R, it would look weird. I, I, I'm fine with it. I'm fine nah. with it. But for to your point, Starcade, great name. WWE, I've made a request over the last couple of years to either change Survivor Series or get rid of it. Triple H, I know you listen to the show, so hear me out. I know people want to going to want to bring back like 
Unforgiven and Backlash and Vengeance. And I, hey, look, I hope they bring backlash. them all back. Sure. Yeah. They already brought back Vengeance for NXT, Well, they already got so. Backlash. It's WrestleMania Backlash. Sorry. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of the WrestleMania day. part of that. Because that's really stupid, too. But if you're going to bring back a show and make it important, <laughs> bring back Starcade. To me. Well, it is. It's a live event now. No, 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 so. no, 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 no. Change the logo because I don't really love the it's logo. It's actually a pretty Starcade. good logo. I like that logo. No, they could do better. They, they can, can do better. but I like that logo. Change the logo, make it a premium live event. See, now I'm talking your language, oh, so you don't no. even like the word pay per view no more. <laughs> now he's listening. Right. <laughs> now, you, you, premium live event, the ears is perked up, right? Make it a premium live event. For all I care, honestly, you could still get rid of Survivor Series. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> even though it was better this year. We don't use the actual match Survivor Series. So who cares? Don't care about the actual match. And the name itself, yeah, you made the show better. Thank you. That's great. <laughs> Bye-bye, Survivor Series. You can make a Starcade War Games. Make it real NWA time. <laughs> like, yeah. War Games at a Starcade. Even I don't know the, how many War Games they had at Starcade in, you know, in, rea- in real life. But we can change that now. Okay, I'm just here to say I want Starcade back <laughs> as a real show. It could be we have your WrestleMania, of course. You have your big show in the summer. Starcade should be your big show in the fall. I understand Survivor Series is supposed to be that, but we we can change the name and make Starcade that, and just make it some semblance of what it used to be. It doesn't have. It's not obviously not going to top WrestleMania, and Royal Rumble is your big winter show, I guess. Right? Even though it's like two months after (laughs) Survivor Series, but. We know Royal Rumble is a vehicle to get to WrestleMania anyway, so that's fine. But I think you can make Starcade a big fall show. So these ideas are for free for now, Triple H. For now. <laughs> but moving on. My, that is <laughs> Uh The NWO was out there beating up Eddie Guerrero. The music just kept playing. Because the next wow. match involves another member of the New World Order. It wow. is the Giant, the wow. former... So why stop? Why hit the stop button when you could just, just not? Kept it rolling. <laughs> the Giant, the former possessor of the United States title, not the champion, just possessed <laughs> it. And that's nine-tenths of the law, somebody once said. Uh, he's going against Lex Luger, who is, by default, if Roddy Piper is not for WCW. Lex Luger's number one babyface in WCW. Must be. Because Sting's not in WCW either. Right. He's, He's a in free the agent. So, Lex Luger's the guy. He's he's the Luke Skywalker. He's your only <laughs> hope, Lex. Lex Skywalker. Sexy Lexi, as Hulk Sexy. Hogan would call him. Sexy who? Hulk Hogan. Sexy Lexi. I can imagine Hogan saying that. Young Lex Skywalker. But I could have sworn he said Sexy Lexi one time. But I probably made that up. He probably did. Can't put it past that terrible layer. But Lex Luger going against the Giant. They stare at each other for a while. Before they finally There's a 1994 episode of Superstars I just watched that I think someone's holding a sign in in the crowd that says Sexy Lexi or something. So that might be why I said that. Okay. It was like just early. It was like after WrestleMania 10. 
and but before SummerSlam, so I'm in that like t- era. Oh man, and I'm pretty sure I saw a side that said "Sexy Lexi." You just had "Sexy Lexi" on the <laughs> brain, huh? And Lex Luger was just like in a in a bad spot because Mister Perfect had already left after WrestleMania; like he was gone, so they weren't building to that match. So where I'm at oh. right now, he's not in a good spot at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's so I'm like, over. man, I feel bad for this dude right now. And you get a sign in the crowd, sexy Lexi. <laughs> and that's why he left next year. <laughs> he was yeah. done. I'm out of here. He had another year change to that. Oh, yeah. Man. Remember he was with uh, British Bulldog as the yeah. Allied Powers? Yeah. Oh, jeez. We got to watch WrestleMania 11 at some point. Uh, yeah. Well, we probably will. At some point. We haven't yet. What do you right? say? We haven't done WrestleMania 11. <laughs> he said <laughs> yes. <laughs> We we got to do that one at some point uh, to see the Allied Powers. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Allied Powers. What the hell is going on here? Another um, uh, <clears throat> another thing that I thought history took from WWF because when I learned about wars <laughs> and everything, I was like, oh, "Wait, Lord. the Allied Powers? Like, what? That's from wrestling? What are we talking no. about here? <laughs> it's from one of the World Wars. <laughs> Crazy stuff." Uh, crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, but Lex Luger, he gets some offense in by uh, hitting the giant in the face with his metal forearm <laughs> and wobble leg the giant. Uh, but the giant, he took control pretty quickly uh, and took control of the match. Uh, the giant kicked Luger out of the ring Ouch. at one point, like literally. Like Lex Luger's on all fours. The giant kicked him in his gut. Lex Luger went flying in between the ropes out of the ring, <laughs> hit the floor. Okay. Lex Luger though, he he kept coming back. He's working to get the giant off his feet. He finally get him off his got him off his feet. The crowd went crazy. Lex went for a cover. The giant did the big kick out though. He kicked out real big. Lex Luger went flying again. Just so happened though, he flew on top of the ref, knocked him out. <laughs> ref is out. That opens the door for Nick Patrick, everybody's favorite referee to come in. Right, he comes down. Lex Luger, he gets the giant up in the torture rack. He's got him up, but Nick Patrick kicked Lex Luger in the back of the leg. That damn Nick Patrick. Lex Luger drops the giant now. But Sting walks out, Mm. and the crowd goes crazy again. (laughs) You notice the dude that like bumped him in the crowd? I did not. It just so happens. Uh, this dude, the second camera they put on Sting, um, coming through the crowd the second time, there's a a guy that like bumps into him and like he's almost like in front of him, like talking smack. So security is behind Sting and they kind of like push him away, and you could see like, you know, something brewing there. Same exact dude interfered in the main event. Oh, the guy, this is a rowdy fan. Jumped, the fan that jumped over the guardrail. Yeah. Same dude. Same guy. I, I they didn't kick him out. It's got to be. Bumped into Sting. Same exact guy. Man. So they probably were just like, yo, relax. He's probably drunk or something. Kick him he, out. He's the same one that uh, jumped the rope and almost blocked Ted DiBiase. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about him in a second. So, we'll definitely talk about that. I noticed that dude. for the first time ever, like I've seen this show a few times, uh, not always paying attention, you know, staring at the screen the whole time. But I saw that, and I'd never noticed it before. I was like, "Why are these people like getting in Sting's way? Just let 
let him through, man. He's Sting, man. <laughs> He's Sting, man. That's what everybody was saying when he walked out. That's right. While he walked out, Lex Luger got the giant up in the torture rack again. Mm. Mm. However, now Six is out again. What the hell? He kicks Lex Luger in the face. Unbelievable. Then Sting gets in the ring. That happened, by the way, what I just mentioned happened right after Six kicks uh, Luger. Ah, okay, I got you. Put the cameras back on Sting. That was that moment where I saw what I saw. (laughs) Gotcha, gotcha. Well, Sting gets in the ring now with his back. The fans, they're going crazy because we haven't seen Sting in the ring very much lately. Okay? He shoves Nick Patrick. Then he goes over to Lex Luger and whispers sweet nothing into his ear. <laughs> Pulls his head back and whispers right into his ear. Very sensual, even. You can, you could argue. I'm coming hard! Take it easy. He then goes into over to the giant. Does the same thing. I'm coming heavy! Hey. Then he goes to the ring and leaves his bat in the middle of the ring. Watch out! <laughs> Luger crawls over to the bat, but the giant steps on it. Oh, oh no! But Luger, it's like, man, this ain't mean nothing. <laughs> Low blow, sir. Bow. <laughs> Take that. Then he uses the bat to beat the hell out of the giant. Took him off his feet. Good job. Luger Lex. goes for the pin. The first ref crawls over and counts mm. to three. One, Mm-mm-mm. two. Three and Lex Luger wins nothing. He didn't win anything. This is not a title <laughs> match, but he just won something. And WCW hadn't been winning a whole lot lately over the NWO, if anything. I don't think they, this is like the first victory they gotten over the NWO like, period, ever. <laughs> pretty much. And the crowd erupted as if they won the Super Bowl. Like where are we at? We're in Nashville, so the Titans who don't <laughs> exist yet, they just won the Super Bowl. They're still the Oilers by 1996. The Houston Oilers at that. I don't think they're in Tennessee yet in 96. They might have been, actually. I don't think so. I don't know. I got to double check that. But they were still the Oilers by that point. But yeah, crowd goes crazy when Lex Luger wins the match. Probably a bigger pop for this than when he, quote unquote, beat Yokozuna at SummerSlam in 93. (laughs) Well, good. Probably meant more. It did mean more. Because so <laughs> he actually won. How they reacted. He got a pinfall victory out of that. Out of we this knew, one. He didn't get everybody that. knew going into that match that was his only title shot. So why are you celebrating? <sighs> we had a similar finish on this show. For our <laughs> main event of the evening, WCW paid Michael Buffer ungodly amounts of money to announce a match when the world title wasn't on the line. Just for the fact that Michael Buffer there alone should have been like, we got to make this a title match. (laughs) (laughs) We invested too much money in this match (laughs) via Michael Buffer to not put the gold on the line. Mm, mm, mm. Otherwise, what are we doing here? (laughs) Right? Mm, mm. Michael Buffer didn't even make them put the title on, on the line. It just didn't make any sense. But here they come. Hogan comes out. He's with Miss Elizabeth and Vincent. Roddy Piper is by himself. With the belt. With the belt that he's not defending. Okay. This match, I mean, what? 
the match itself, who gives a <laughs> damn about this match? <laughs> Every other match in the show, I'm like, yeah, and this happened, and that happened, and that was cool. And a lot of cool things in the show. That Liger Bomb, and the, for the finish of that match, and the Liger Power Bomb outside the ring, whoa. The, the DDP Eddie Guerrero match, oh, man, great stuff. Great stuff. This, uh, no. Listen, man, it's just Hogan and Piper. You you weren't going to get a technical masterpiece. You weren't, but you can get a match that I think the fans even cared about. I don't know if the fans cared that much about this match. Let me let me walk through maybe, it a little bit. Maybe again. it was told to them the title wasn't on the line before, but not to the audience I don't know, at home. Man. I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is that Piper got his hand on a leather strap at some point, whipping Hogan <laughs> with it. Tony Schiavone, I love Tony Schiavone applauding Randy Anderson for not disqualifying Piper. Like, this match is too important. Yeah, right. Now let Hogan have use a leather strap on Roddy it's Piper. It's too important, but the title is not on the line. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that too. This all important match with nothing at stake. Also, let let Hulk Hogan use the, the weight belt on Piper. Disqualify his ass. What a disgrace. Also, uh, sidetrack too, Bobby Heenan. I love that he would analyze good ways to cheat. Like that was his analysis. Dusty would talk about the moves and you know the vibe and all that stuff. And Bobby Heenan's like, yeah, you got to grab the middle rope on that so you can get more leverage. So you don't grab the top rope. <laughs> you grab the middle rope on that, pull that. That's how you get the leverage. See, it's just like, okay, I like that. <laughs> Giving cheating advice. All right. But DiBiase comes out. He distracts Piper. Hulk Hogan regains control. Piper gets back in control. He starts pulling out Hulk Hogan's hair. Bobby Heenan goes, that shouldn't take long. (laughs) Man, that was fast. Bobby And good, by the way. Mm. And then that boy, the giant, comes out. The former possessor of the United States Championship, he comes out and tries to choke slam Roddy Piper. However, that crazed fan that Nick mentioned earlier <laughs> yeah. jumps the guardrail and into the ring. You can tell this is not a guy who belongs here because Hulk Hogan <laughs> starts kicking the daylights out of this gentleman. Not a gentleman. He's a hooligan. What you doing here? Because <laughs> we all know Hulk Hogan don't hit nobody hard like that when he's wrestling. He started thug. kicking the hell out of this dude. He's a no good thug. <laughs> <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> Was he saying that the whole getting time? In, getting into Sting's uh, face in the crowd and then jumping in the ring. No good, son of a bitch. <laughs> Hogan whooped his ass real fast. <laughs> Even Randy Anderson started to be like, you know what? Right. They started double teaming him. <laughs> <laughs> he got his ass whooped and it's Imagine Hulk Hogan just way. like holding his arms back and Randy punching him in the face. Like, <laughs> like a tag team. <laughs> back alley style. <laughs> Give me my money, man. Get your ass whooped and sent on your way, Randy sir. Randy was not having it. He's like, oh, you no. ain't ruining this moment for me. <laughs> this is the main event of Starcade. You better stop playing. <laughs> I got a big moment coming up in the finish here. Okay? About that finish. <laughs> Before, after Hulk Hogan helps kick, literally kick Homeboy out of the ring. <laughs> Sniper, <laughs> almost home <called him> Sniper. Piper. <laughs> Piper locks in the sleeper hold on Hogan. Oh, no. Put him down on the mat. Randy Anderson did the old lift up the arm, let it drop, did it twice, went down, put his arm up a third time, and Hogan's arm went down again. And the look on Randy Anderson's face. (laughs) 
When Hulk Hogan's arm went down because he was snoozing on the mat. <laughs> Randy Anderson was like, what? Oh, my God. He's asleep. <laughs> Piper wins. Ring the bell. That was a, in all seriousness, it was a great reaction from Randy Anderson. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it was. He had great reactions to a lot of the, these main events in this era. It was when really Luger funny. won, he did the same thing. <laughs> you know, like when Luger beat Hogan for the title in Nitro, he like got him in the It was like, oh my God, ring the bell, ring the bell. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my which God. Which is great. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You're a referee. You should be ready for this. <laughs> That's people, right. No, people get uncled ready. all the time. Why are you shocked? That's that's Dusty Rose. Like people get uncled every day, B. <laughs> people get uncled every day. <laughs> that ain't a big deal. <laughs> but you know the fans, they're going crazy. But they, I think because like before the finish, they were just like standing there. Yeah, it's like Another is this it? Schnoz DQ ending probably. But. Right, they're just hanging out, and then Randy Anderson called for the bell, and like, yeah, I guess, <laughs> like, okay. Piper puts his foot on Hogan's chest. They, they shoot off fireworks. Yeah, <laughs> they shoot off fireworks for this man. He's won nothing, <laughs> nothing. Okay, the ice Wes out. The is out- getting PTSD. <laughs> Watching from <laughs> backstage. What the hell's going on? You would have thought that he won the title. He, in fact, did not. The outsiders come out. They're go- they want to fight Piper. He fends them off and then leaves the ring and celebrates with his kids, as a father would do. Yeah. That's nice. But we're not done yet. Uh-oh. Huh? We don't see the, wait, the babyface hero wait. ride off triumphantly after defeating the and vanquishing the, the evil villainous heel? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you, Even though he's not the champion? What you talking about? Even though he's not the champion, he's still going to be happy. We're still going to end with him, right? Yay, what a moment for for humanity. No, we got to end with Hogan. Even as a heel in defeat, Hogan must pose, bro. You got knocked the f*** out, man. Give me my gun. The Giants mad. He's mad because he's always got everybody else's back, but nobody had his back. No. Nobody right? came out for him. No. He came out for everyone else. Everybody else. He's riding. Nobody else was for him. They just let him get put in the torture rack multiple times. Get knocked out with a metal forearm. Hit with low blows. They treated him any old kind of way. Did whatever they wanted to him. No help. Right? He's mad. Hulk Hogan, he's blaming everybody. He shoves. The Giant shoves Hogan. He's coming back. He's like, you you dropped the ball. I ain't dropped the ball. <laughs> Even though he got put to sleep. I ain't the one that got put to sleep. <laughs> Hogan got put to sleep. He's like, he dropped the ball. What? <laughs> this was a weird way to end the show. We get an angle right at the end. Yeah. Hogan even goes back to the ring, demands his belt. Yeah, says we still got the belt. Which he did not lose because it was not at stake. And then gloats and poses and then spits into the camera <laughs> as the show goes off the air. This is how this was a few good moment. Is 
he's still like, I'm yeah. the champ, y'all suck. Bye, y'all. Like, what yeah, the hell was that? The, the story becomes not Piper beating Hogan. The story becomes what's the deal between Hogan and the Giant and the rest of the NWO. It, they it's have not to have the heat on them at all times. At, at it's not point. a WCW NWO story no more. It's an NWO story now. Yep. What the hell are we doing here? I don't understand. Always like trying to set up the cliffhanger for Nitro. That's what I hated about WCW. I hate that too. Yeah, like, they always did that pay per views. It's really yeah. annoying. Starcade '97 should have been the one to never uh, do that again, and they dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> but if you think about it, there are so many reasons why WCW obviously went under. Right? I mean, there's so many. There's books literally <laughs> written about. WCW going out of business but one reason I like to point to is that from 96 to 98 three years in a row that three prime years too three crucial years for WCW the finish to the biggest show of the year left a lot to be desired oh yeah you talk about this mm. You talk about 97 when they did all the the groundwork and all the hard work and in, in leading up to the and it was pretty much hitting on all cylinders until the finish. It's like they could write everything and set the ending. And I look, being a writer, and we were both writers, sometimes you have a great story, but you're like, how am I gonna end this damn thing? I gotta tie it up somehow with a nice bow, and you just you can struggle through that. I've been there. But damn, they did it three years in a row. 97, and then going to 98 with the cattle proud on Goldberg, oh, they end the streak, and it's like, ooh, And they bounce okay. back. Can you imagine that? Like, they bounce back 97 because they had the Sting Hogan match. But then you come back from that, and you have Goldberg, and they somehow do that cattle prog stuff. Like, they had, they had so many chances. opportunities to write, yeah. to write their wrongs, and they decided not to. They decided to wrong their wrongs. Yeah, right. they yeah, that, they yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they rushed a lot of their big moments for the sake of ratings. Mm-hmm. You talk about Goldberg winning the title on, on at the Georgia Dome on Nitro in August instead of maybe at Starcade for the first time that year. Um, you talk about you know Luger winning the title in '97 on a Nitro instead of maybe a pay per view. You know, could have that could have happened at Road Wild, or was it Hog Wild still? I don't know. Road wild, road wild. Yeah. Either way, they just there's just missteps. But I think the, the one of one major reason is that Starcade just never had satisfying endings, <laughs> uh, and they're just microcosm. Go back of, to our last deep dive '95, a heel Ric Flair won the world title. So it's kind of like ah oh, crap, like whatever. Right, but, that too. At least we got a title win out of that or something. It was right. a, it it made more sense. At 95 that it did in 96 when there's yeah, no title agree, on the line. Yeah. At 97 where Sting got pinned and then he and didn't. Even, even 99, you have Brett and Goldberg. So even if that injury doesn't happen to Brett with the concussion, I mean, you probably weren't going to have a great ending there either with Goldberg and Brett and and a weird story heading into Starcade 99. So like, maybe this was just like cursed from... <laughs> Uh, uh, an event that was cursed. Yeah, you know what, WWE, don't bring it back. You know what, <laughs> it's cursed. All right, I'll take back what I said. Because uh, WWE, WCW clearly uh, didn't know what the hell to do. Now you got Triple H throwing away his notes. 
<laughs> my bad. To listen to this. We might have to watch uh, Starcade '99 at some point yeah. when things started to were really going downhill. Yeah, I definitely uh, never watched that. You know, front to back. <laughs> I don't even think I ever watched the main event all the way through. The main event. I think is, uh, Roddy Piper came out in the main event. Isn't that crazy? He was still there in like the, December '99 doing stuff. The main event is the longest match on the show. It's twelve minutes. Starcade '99. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The semi-main event, which is a ladder match, that makes the US me wonder title. if you know Brett's concussion had to uh, change the finish. Maybe, but. The, the semi-main ladder match for the U.S. title, 10 minutes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the this is Vince Russo to a T. Crowbar on a pole match between DDP <laughs> oh, and David Flair. No, I don't want to watch this. Three minutes and 53 seconds. <laughs> Someone pays us two bucks, I'll watch it. But <laughs> Sting with Miss Elizabeth versus the total package. Oh, my Lex gosh. Lugo, of course. Five minutes and 31 seconds. Oh, my gosh. We got Vampiro versus Oklahoma on Starcade. Two minutes and 52 seconds. Those are totally (laughs) different versions of Sting and Lex Luger than we see on this page, by the way. Yes, yes, very much so. Because Luger's a heel. He's a total package, right? (laughs) He changes his name to just a total package. Yeah. Uh, You also got... was weird at that point. You also got... uh, Vampiro faced Dr. Death Steve Williams, I assume, in the match before the Oklahoma match. Yeah, that makes sense. That was five minutes. Um, Yeah, bro. Cruiserweight title match. Evan Courageous against Medusa. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 99 WCW. I haven't watched. I, I used. I Look, I watched a lot of WCW. Not at this point, 96. But by the time I was watching wrestling on a weekly basis in 98, 99, I was watching both shows. So I watched a lot of bad WCW. <laughs> Past the point, it was really good. So I probably vaguely remember some 99 and 2000 WCW that I kind of just put to the recesses of my brain because it was so bad. <laughs> um, so watching some of that stuff might conjure up some memories. Also, it conjure up some memories about like how terrible the late 90s were. Yeah. Uh, cuz I'm sure the W I'm sure WCW represented the absolute worst of that. <laughs> yeah, they actually um I never take like I will record the shows weekly at this point in like 99. I would always tape WWF in my room and WCW was always, you know, relegated to my parents' room. I would I would tape the shows there. I would never like I would go back and forth here and there. But I would never watch those WCW shows after I taped them. Like I would keep them on the tape, but I would never rewatch them because they were yeah. just not entertaining to me at all. They were garbage. It was very real much, bad. Very much garbage. Real bad. But with that said, Starcade nineteen ninety six. Our deep dive on it is in the books. Any final thoughts on Starcade in nineteen ninety six? I enjoyed uh, the run Piper had at this point. I think when he t- tagged with Ric Flair, like later in '97, we obviously we did a deep dive of Slamboree or whatever. Uh, that was kind of like, yeah, okay. I liked when he came into WCW, had that Hogan feud through Super Brawl. Like that was fairly entertaining to me. I didn't care about match quality at the time. Um, I was kind of mad because I was like, damn, WCW is doing like all this awesome stuff. 
the WWF's not. Damn it. <laughs> um, so this is like one of those shows where I think I was like mad I didn't tape it. And, uh, you know, it. I was, like you said, the undercard holds up really well. Uh, maybe not so much the, the bigger angles, but it didn't matter back then, man. It just goes to show like how amazing the NWO was at that time and how it's going to be remembered for the rest of, you know, professional wrestling. <laughs> like, it's just the NWO in the 90s, man. It's just crazy, crazy over. And uh, this is like the perfect show that goes to show you, even if you get one over on the NWO, they're going to get their heat back somehow. It's always going to be about them, which obviously became a detriment at one point. But overall, good show. Well, I thought it was a good show overall, outside of the main event, confusion and nonsense. But that is what it is. Apparently, in the main event of Dynamite, uh, Samoa Joe cut Wardlow's hair, cut his ponytail. Yeah. Big deal, that? right? That is why, a big deal, especially when it's not a hair versus hair match. He just cut it. <laughs> right. Like, I was watching it, and it happened, like, after the match, he choked Wardlow out, and then it looked like he was going to shake his hand, but then he hit him with the belt and then knocked him out, got scissors, cut his hair. I don't understand. Samoa Joe is awesome. <laughs> but I don't understand the big deal. Why are we? Why is that hey, like somebody, a big deal? Somebody cut your hair unwillingly. You're gonna be upset. Oh my god. You're gonna be upset. Oh my god. You know damn well somebody cut your man bun. You're gonna be mad. Oh my god. You know I had a dream about damn that. Well. <laughs> I had a dream that I got a haircut. I woke up like upset, and I like felt my hair. I was like, oh thank god, it was a dream. <laughs> oh, see? It happens. Look at you. It happens. Look but, at you. I'm just I don't and then Darby Allen came back to 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 confront Samojo like I'm not interested in any of that. It's not interesting to me. Well, I don't know. I'm like, interested. I'm interested really? in a Samoa Joe Darby Allen match. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, want Samoa like Joe in pretty much Samoa anything Joe cutting off cutting someone's hair that Oh my god. It's not like anything, Bam Bam Bigelow cutting Tatanka's red hair. Anything that Samoa made, Joe that does. was actually something to get emotional about. Not Samoa Joe cutting Warlow's hair. Sorry. Any anything Samoa Joe does interests me for oh. for the most part. Anyway, uh, he's awesome. <laughs> and then he gets to throw around Darby Allen for a little bit. <laughs> That's gonna be great. You know, Darby Allen don't care about his body. Samoa Joe gonna whoop his ass, and it's gonna be fantastic. I can't wait to see what Samoa Joe does to Darby Allen. It's gonna be great. Bill cut his hair. Whoa. Shave it or something. Ratings. Darby, he get, Darby Allen's probably pitching right now to have him Samoa Joe scalp become him or Brutus the Barber like, Beefcake. That's what's gonna happen. That'd be that'd be hilarious. <laughs> but he Darby Allen, he's probably like you could you could scalp me. I don't care. I'm like just take the <laughs> take my scalp off. <laughs> like he don't care. No, Samoa Joe is awesome. Uh, and Bam Bam Bigelow. That's cutting, a guy cutting to talk his right here was a better angle. If I'm AEW though. I'm getting that TV title off of him from Ring of Honor, <laughs> and uh, giving him, putting him, uh, dude, put him at near the top of the card. It's Samoa Joe. It's Samoa Joe. Do you not remember the angle I'm talking about? Bam, bam, Tatanka cutting Tatanka's hair. I do not. That was in like '93, I think. And uh, Bam, bam was on the platform during an interview with Sherry, Sherry, Sensational Sherry, grabbing her hair, and Tataka came out to save her. 
So then later in the episode, this was all superstars. Bam Bam attacked him from behind in the in the locker room area. This cut his uh, red hair off, some of his red hair. Yeah, that Man. was intense. That was intense. I cared more about that than Samoa Joe cutting Warlow's hair because that literally means nothing. So <laughs> it means something. Eh. It means something to who? Warlow, I guess. Yeah, so he's just gonna shave his head anyway. That's what Tatanka that's did not did shave his head. By the way, mm-hmm. let's see. Again. That's legit. I'm here, all here, all the way here for Samoa Joe. was a big ass for that. <laughs> Samoa Joe uh, is dope. So I'm here for Samoa Joe versus Darby Allen, and him, for him to throw Darby Allen off of stuff. <laughs> and do that. Well, to love to bula, bula, bula. Really fun for me. <laughs> but let's wrap it up for episode 348. Nick, please take oh, us out man. with some plugs. Follow us at Shooters Pod on Twitter and Facebook. Follow me at underscore Pacone on Twitter and at phillyinfluencer.com, foxphlgambler.com. I am at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. You can follow me there or find me out here in these streets. You can find my professional tweets at Philly Inquirer. You can find my some of my professional writing at inquirer.com. You can find us at on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Shooters Pod. You can request a deep dive when you request it. You can pay the fee first, and then we'll honor the request. <laughs> and then we'll have you make a special cameo on the show we're diving into uh, just for a couple of minutes. So check us out again, patreon.com slash the shooters pod. But until the next time, for 2023, that's the next time we'll talk to y'all. For Nick McCone, I'm Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for the rocking with us for all of 2022, and look forward to seeing y'all again. In 2023. Hey, Clavis! Wake up! The show's over! Oh, yeah! Kick it!